It was very nice to be appreciated. Welcome to episode 110 of Grumpy Old Bands for Friday, November 13th, 2020. I am Darren O'Neill coming to you live from a bunker deep in the heart of middle America, just outside of Chirac, where it's Friday the 13th, and we still don't know where the president-elect is. And from America's left coast, where if the Vegas casinos used the same map as the election officials, they'd be a lot more popular. I'm Ryan Bemrose. Why? Because everybody would win? Yeah. Win. Or, or maybe just Biden would win everything. I don't know. <laughs> Wait, are you saying the fix is in? I might be saying that. I mean, let's just say we, the, all the circum, all of the evidence so far that we have been presented, or at least most of the statistical stuff that I read is circumstantial. But there's a lot of it. Which is why we have a very special guest back to talk about elections. DC girl, you say you're not a spook. And the more you say that. <laughs> The more people think you might be, but <laughs> you have the boots on the ground information. You sat through another. Was it a long day? I'm guessing of uh, polling. <clears throat> um, yeah, it was boots on the ground, but in a seat for about 16 hours. It was 13 hours that we were open, plus the opening and closing procedures. About 16, 17 hours. Yeah. I, I hope you had a lot of coffee. I did. I had a, a giant thermos plus some canned, you know, iced coffee things. And uh, but we'll, we'll, we'll actually talk about food <laughs> at some point today. It's Election fun for snacks. the whole family. Yeah. yeah. I mean, uh, it's it's a uh, it's a weird thing. And we got a lot of information the last time you were on, but nobody was really expecting things to be as insane as this election came down to the fact that I'm, I'm going to go on the record and say I called it. You always think you've called things, though. I, I, yeah. Well, uh, who's going to fact check me? Everybody listening. And if you. Well, yeah. And if, I you mean, want, other than them. if you want to listen live, the place to do that is noagendastream.com Mondays and Fridays at a regular time, noon Eastern. That's the place you want to be. But it's who would have thought that here we are now, you know, a week and a half after the election. Nothing has been certified yet, except by the media. Joe Biden has taken to create the office of the president elect. I mean, even had big posters and stuff behind him when he's doing his speeches. Now, the office of the president elect, which doesn't really exist. So, I mean, there's there's that. There's there's kind of an epidemic of people calling themselves a president elect. Now, I even saw one on No Agenda Social. Yeah, well, that's whatever somebody else did it on Twitter. So I did it, too. Like, there's thousands <laughs> of people who have changed their name to president. Hey, if, if Joe Biden can claim it without any official uh, capacity behind him, everybody can claim it. And the latest news, well, to, to be honest, it's the same. It's the same justification as we have by uh, claiming that everybody who donates to the show is an expert. Exactly. But they actually is, are. It's true. We know the most interesting news this morning. And I want to know what your take on this is, both of you. The uh, headline off the Breitbart article was under pressure. Trump's lawyers quit in Pennsylvania. And just doing a quick read of what was going on, the firm that was representing him, who they've always represented 
Republicans, Democrats, independents, they're a law firm. They're, they're in business, believe it or not, to make money. And they have had clients across the board. No problem. But of course, we are living in social justice warrior land. We're living in woke land. The war, uh, the lawyers at the firm were very concerned about what representing Trump was going to do to their lives, to their business, to getting canceled and all this other stuff. So they decided to pull out. Now, here's my question to both of you. If these lawyers thought they were going to lose, would they pull out? Because then who's going to cancel them? Who's going to care? They're the ones that lost. Only, I believe, if they know they were going to win this case and Trump was going to be given Pennsylvania. That's the only reason if you're the lawyers that you're worried about your lives moving forward, isn't it? Because otherwise you just collect the very big paycheck and move on. Or am I missing something? I mean, if it's going to impact their bottom line as far as doing business with other people down the road, they may not have cared if they were going to win or not. Were they? I mean, was the was the firm going to get canceled and never get business again? I mean, I think they're just looking at it for probably. financial reasons. Yeah, I think it probably came I, I, down I, to a financial decision. I'm with DC girl on this one. I, I, my intuition, and I, I hadn't heard this story, and and I, you know, binged it as you were speaking it, but. Uh, I don't I don't think it has anything to do with whether or not they thought they were going to win. I think it has to do with the fact that the people on the left uh, or or at least the outspoken ones, because I'm I'm not necessarily trying to paint all everybody who votes Democrat with a big brush. But the people that y'all are letting speak for you are fucking insane and like not not insane in that in that fun, playful way, insane in that jilted crazy girlfriend way who <laughs> is you know deciding that even though you broke it off three months ago that she's going to continue stalking you for the next year and uh, you know it, going to facebook and poisoning all your boyfriends and stuff i mean so it's the girl in the uh, taylor swift breakup song way yeah maybe <laughs> Fortunately for me, I don't listen to Taylor Swift breakup songs, but I, I oh, we know understand you what you're getting at. We know you do. Team Taylor. Um, <laughs> I know there there has been and, and I haven't really wanted to bring it to the show, but uh, there has been lots of evidence of. Uh, it, well, it's what Scott Adams said uh, several months ago. It said, uh, you know, a- after this election, especially if Trump wins um, or especially if Biden wins that the people on the left are going to commit a purge where they will want nothing more than the complete cancellation and destruction of all Republicans everywhere. Because uh, how dare you support the orange man? And we are seeing people make lists in Washington, DC right now. And we're seeing very big names like Congress people, even promoting these lists on Twitter saying, you know, the, this is the list of people who said something nice about Trump once, and we're going to cancel them all as soon as we have power, which is one of many, many reasons why I don't think those people should ever be allowed to have power because my God, that's, that's childish and corrupt. Well, they don't see this as a breakdown of the system that we have. The, the concept that you're going to literally go after and try to ruin the lives of the people that didn't vote the way you wanted them to. That's concerning. Yeah. Uh, Concerning. That's a mild way of putting it. Yeah. So we, let's go back to 
election day was it a did it feel like a normal day even starting the day out or was there already something you know in the air that you thought this was going to be more of a uh, a battle royale going on <laughs> Um, I thought it was going to be crazy. I thought it, when I got there around like 4.30, I thought there was going to be, I don't know, protesters. I don't know. People, you know, staked out. Of course, there was nobody there. Um, and I thought that it was going to be uh, an incredibly busy day. Um, I thought um, I thought it was just going to be mobbed all day. And I think once we set up and opened around 6.00, I think everybody who was planning to vote in person had the same idea. They were going to show up right in the morning when the polls opened. <laughs> so the only time we had a line the entire day was first thing in the morning. Um, there was not a single other time where we had a line. I mean, which is interesting because you hear from some of these places and there were people that yeah. were doing, you know, doing their reports everywhere and all the social media, even mm -hmm. in the no agenda troll room, which was Oh, you know, okay, I'm I went to vote, it took me an hour. I went to vote, it took me 2 hours. I think was the longest I saw in the uh, no agenda troll room. For me, uh the wife and I, I think we're out of the house and back within 10 minutes cuz we have a very small little polling place just, you know, walking distance from the house. So that makes it a little bit more convenient and you don't even think about what other people have to go through because it blows my mind to be like, "Wait, it took you 2 hours to go vote? It doesn't count, you know, it doesn't compute to me." Because that's yeah. not the way things are here. But I mean, I guess that well, makes sense. I mean, I heard it was way, way busier for early voting, which we just have in-person absentee. So you just like walk up, they issue you the absentee ballot, you vote it and leave. So it's not really, quote, they don't really call it early voting here. But um, so when I went in in the morning and I um, I looked in the, the poll books to see um, how many people had been issued absentee ballots. Whether they sent them back or not, I can't tell. I, I could just see how many people that were so, that are assigned to that polling place. Um, so I, I don't remember the exact number, but there's about 3,400 people that could vote at that polling place. And uh, before we even opened, 66% of them had voted. Wow. <laughs> now, the voter turnout, the estimated voter turnout for 2020 is like 66% for, for the nation overall. Now, this is, I think, last year. Our last presidential election, the same polling place had like an 80 to our city maybe had like an 82 percent turnout. So we have a very high turnout as a city. Um, but yeah, so in the morning, 66 percent of the people had voted. So there really weren't that many more people to come in. So it was, do you, it was sl slow. <laughs> do you have an estimate of, of the uh, what percentage of the people who voted were already dead? <laughs> of the ones that voted absentee, I have no idea. Um, what about the ones in person? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. There's a couple that I'm on the fence about. We had less than 400 people show up, though. So 394 was my count um, all day. So well, really, really slow day. Like, uh, like, like the turnout, it's like a primary or something. <laughs> you know what I mean? Just very slow. Yeah. Well, because so much of the votes came in with mm -hmm. the mail-in or you know whatever you want to call it the absentee right. ballot and the intriguing thing is was the overall vibe of the country was this really the election that was going to have this many people voting which is the question that we're going to be arguing about i think for years which is <laughs> when you see joe biden's vote and you go um you got five million more votes than Barack Obama did. 
And I mean, I remember Obama. I mean, people were so excited to go vote for Obama. Mm-hmm. Nobody well, was excited to vote for Joe Biden. They were excited to try to get Trump out. But I don't mm-hmm. know if that is actually should, you know, relate in more ballots being cast. You know, you could say, OK, Joe Biden got the most votes in the history of any president. That's true. But with mm-hmm. that said, Donald Trump also got more votes in this election than any any sitting president in the history of the United States. So the stats- there was also nine million more eligible voters in 2020 than in 2016. So uh, that's the thing about the population. It always goes up. Yeah. The people die. Yeah. I mean, COVID. Yeah, but the voting eligible population, I guess, because then people get arrested. You know, people become uneligible. People become 18. So, you know, um, but yeah, there, there was a lot more. But the percentage turnout, I think, is probably a better indicator. Well, and it'll be interesting to see yeah. if we had a big jump in people voting that were 18 to, you know, 21 years old, which they wouldn't have voted then in the previous presidential mm-hmm. election. Where you, it really you mean, seems you mean the voters who weren't even alive the last time that hanging chads showed their head. Yes. Right. So you, or you're know all, what a chad is. Yeah. Yeah. They're like, yeah. what's that? I don't know. I, yeah, I thought that was a guy, Chad. The I, internet I, meme. Right. <laughs> you know, and that's where, you know, we, that's why knowing what happened in the past is important because you know what can happen. You know what you should do to try to avoid this kind of stuff happening. But it seemed to me, and again, we need to get all the stats that a lot more people voted in this election that were like 90 and over, which is a little weird, isn't it? So, you know, that's interesting. We actually have one um, person who votes at our precinct who is in her late 90s. And I, I, I mean, we have more than one, but I know her specifically because her husband was famous. Um, I'm not going to say who he was, but her husband was a famous scientist. And um, so so she's kind of like well-known and um, she didn't show up, but she always comes in person. Always. There's a lot of older people that just, they don't. uh, So that, that's actually something I was thinking about this morning. I think um, a lot of older people who took pride in showing up in person because they really just like, they didn't care if it took them a long time. They didn't care if they needed help. They wanted to do it in person probably felt better about voting by mail because so many people were. But do they trust it? I mean, that's still in their DNA. So that's a question, yeah. too. Uh, do they trust the the system for the voting by mail? There's so many reasons not to. Which Maybe they figured they might as well try. <laughs> you know what I mean? I, I don't know. Uh, I, I do wonder if that went up, the older voting population. Well, there was no hmm. doubt that it did from the early statistics. There was thousands from nursing homes, which yes. is a very concerning thing because I mean, if anybody's ever visited a nursing home, you know how it works. The people at the front desk get the mail. Now, is anybody really paying attention? I mean, if you have 200 people in a nursing home, they get 200 ballots. How do you know who's filling those out and sending them back in? You don't. Right. You just have to trust. Right. Which is, is is that the way you live your life? You just trust? Uh, uh, I, I mean... There, there are, let's just say that, uh, at the nursing home where I live, there are two ballots that arrive in the mail and I'm not the one who picks up the mail. So <laughs> it, that was a similar issue with the census actually, too. I remember, um, talking to Justin about that, uh, nursing homes, just not <laughs> filling out the census, the, the, you know, when the, when the mail came in, but yeah, um, yeah, I think, uh, especially States where they just blanket sent out ballots. Yes, yeah, where, um, yeah, where people didn't request yeah. them. That was a little concerning. 
Yeah. Uh, c- concerning. I mean, I mean, that right there is evidence of fraud. <laughs> yeah. Well, no, no, it was it was it was uh, special circumstances. Don't you know, we have a we have a pandemic. Right. Uh, well, the, yeah. And then the people still calling it a pandemic. That, too, is evidence of fraud. I'm just letting you know. <laughs> And I'm sitting here in Virginia looking at a ballot for New York that was sent to me. Oh, did you? You didn't vote <laughs> to, no. to you or? Yeah. Well, to my to my to my like, name, it, but to oh, my house say, in New York. Your, my mom's house you, in New York. Yeah. Oh, you have a house in New York. Oh, you're, no, you're one house. of those people. Are you like are you like one of the ones who has a house in the Hamptons and oh, God, another no. one in? Oh. <laughs> No, no, but my mom, yeah, my mom just forwarded me some mail. Okay. She's like, I don't know what this was, and it was a ballot. <laughs> like, and um, when well, when was the last time you voted in New York? Um, only ever absentee in 1996. Wow, that's been a while. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I believe so, it was one of those ballots where you got the little metal thing and you had to push the holes through the paper, the chat and, thing. And, it wasn't the hanging chat election, but it was the same type of ballot. Yeah. Wow. So you haven't voted in New York in 24 years and you Uh were sent a ballot. Yeah. For the June 9th. Let's see. It wasn't presidential. It was a June 9th, like primary school board, something. I don't know. Yeah. But that that right there is is one of the things that supports the point I just made, which is when, when when these states decided to just blanket send out ballots to everybody, uh, the, the voter rolls, every, you know, it is well known the voter rolls do not get updated all the time and oh, no. there are lots of errors and it it's generally okay if you have to request an absentee ballot because that request will come with uh hey and by the way my real address is here but when people aren't asking you just decide to send ballots out into the ether willy-nilly not really caring whether or not it's the right that that's one of the you know one of the things that the the Trump lawyer team who is now you know Trump election team has now been replaced with the Trump lawyer teams. Um, they are pouring over ballots all over the place and finding tens of thousands of instances in lots of states where these mail-in ballots went out and to to wrong addresses to wrong people to to dead people uh, because the voter rolls don't get updated and they just sent them and then they got returned and right. and. and you know, it's it's not necessarily fraud. It's just freaking stupid for the elections department to be mm-hmm. sending this out, knowing the voter rolls are wrong. But it is, in fact, fraud for somebody on the other end, and nobody really knows who, to fill it out and to send it back. But that happened. Well, and but the yeah. reality mm-hmm. is those ballots could have been segregated. So the when these ballots, the person that was generating these ballots could have been, as we all know, could have run a little uh you know a query on their system like okay somebody who hasn't voted for this long has moved away this then print all those out and i mean okay at least for the one for you dc will wound up at your mom's house but who's to say that mm-hmm. in some state somebody just didn't print up a hundred thousand ballots like that and fill them out right yeah you know i mean i actually after that happened um back back in june or may or whenever they sent that to me um i went to the new york state or was it westchester county or whatever I forgot where it was um, website to see if I had voted recently. <laughs> <laughs> right. Right. Did um, you? Yeah. So I don't either, either I hadn't or uh, they don't show you that, but I certainly was uh, registered or, or, as an active voter. I, my, my registration was active. When does I was that, in there. Yeah. When does that normally drop off? 
Uh, well, um, a couple weeks later, I checked again and but, I was no longer active. So they did a uh, massive purge uh, after that. Uh, it, <laughs> uh, after in, that in most states, it normally drops off the first time you vote Republican. Right, right. <laughs> it gets a lot harder to get your ballot after then. I mean, we we do find people when they check in here to vote, they're flagged as inactive and because they, they haven't voted in a while. And they ha- we have to recheck their I mean, they can still vote, but we have to recheck their uh, information. Uh, so uh, people do become inactive. I just <laughs> I don't know does, what does New York was Virginia, doing. Does Virginia require ID? So they they do. Um, it can be anything from a photo ID, driver's license, passport. But as of July 1st, they got rid of the photo requirement. So you can show a utility <laughs> bill, you know, like a like a student loan bill, which is funny because they oh, always Jesus. find you. Um but the, there's also something called an affirmation of identification. So it's just basically a piece of paper, a form you fill out that says that I am who I say I am. And that serves as an ID. Ah! So an affirmation, no, a signed no, affirmation. <laughs> <laughs> right. So now maybe one person, I believe, you know, it's funny because the one thing that you cannot use is you cannot use an out of state driver's license. <laughs> because that okay. right? because that's far less useful than yep. than a than a, a utility yeah. bill at proving who you are yeah. right even even if it's not expired even if whatever right like they will not let you accept that so nine times out of ten somebody's like oh all i have is my old driver's license and it's valid and they want to show their photo but we can't quote unquote accept that so they fill out this form well, yeah, and anything that you can print out on your own is really not valid identification. It can oh, all wait, be. You don't have to print it out. So I actually asked about this and you can pull up a bill on your phone and hold it up and show it. <laughs> I, 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 now, now I want to, I, I want to test this system. I want to walk in with like crayon on a napkin and an affidavit. <laughs> My name is what? Yeah. It doesn't matter. They go. Okay. Yeah. You know, and, yeah, you know, and then the the question, like, what if you just pull out a piece of paper and a pen, and you you bring in like an affidavit with a blank name, and you look over the voter rolls, find someone who hasn't voted, fill in that name there, sign the bottom. I wonder if that that would work. Kind of, because yeah, it's I mean, really, I mean, it's not hard to get an actual utility bill from wherever, and then just change the name and address on it, because they're not looking at any other information. That's. uh and if you could just have it on your phone, even more so, it's like, I don't yeah. know. Uh, you have to be able to state the name and address of the registered voter. But so as long as you know their name and address, I guess you could say that you are them. So there's that's your little you IQ say, test, yeah. right? You just have yeah. to make sure. <laughs> so so that's interesting. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, the name and address thing is uh, kind of interesting because we did have a guy who showed up and he tried to check in. And I think, you know, I think a lot of the issues we had with some of the voters were that I think there was a lot of new voters or people that hadn't voted recently because a lot of people showed up who clearly did not know like <laughs> what was going on. Um, like well, many that's people the population in general right now. Right. But so, you know, Virginia has this and maybe it's, it, it's because um, Virginia is a little different where they have cities that don't roll up to counties and counties that don't have cities in them. Um, so they all roll up to state. So I'm in a city with no County. So the city controls the elections here. So anyway, uh, we had people that didn't didn't live in our city show up to vote. People who lived in neighboring counties. um, So it's not like they went to the wrong polling place in their own city they live in. (laughs) 
like this one guy was like, well, this was the closest polling place. So I came here and I'm like, you right. live in Arlington. That's not even possible. Where were you <laughs> when you Googled this? Like, you know what I mean? So, um, and I'm like, well, you don't live here, so you can't vote here. I'm sorry. Yeah. And I do think there's um, a lot so that, of people confused about that, which is you have a polling place. It's not, oh, I'm registered to vote and I can go vote anywhere. Right. So one guy did come in and he gave his address. And when we were looking him up in the poll book, uh, he was registered with a different address and we could not figure out the address that he stated. We couldn't figure out if that address was associated with our polling place. Anyway, it turns out that he registered to vote with an address of a grocery store, ah! which <laughs> could have been his place of employment. And maybe he was using that address, but I was trying to figure out how, Somebody was allowed to register to vote and get associated with a non-residential address. You you really think that that sort of thing is checked? So the, the, the weird thing was, is that we have a list, like a book printed out of every street address in the city. And it only pulls the residential li- into that list. So his address wasn't in the list, which is what was throwing us off until somebody uh, was like, wait a minute. I think that's the address of wow. this grocery store. <laughs> so, I, um, we, that- yeah. So I don't know. Uh, maybe I, I don't understand how that happened. And then, but he was when we couldn't find him in the poll book. He was saying, "Oh, I just registered to vote, and I wish I had taken a picture of the guy that registered me because I think he was an agent of suppression." And I was like, "Here we go!" Like, and he's like getting loud, and I'm like, "Ah, oh, God." Okay, come on, be honest, DC girl. Are you an agent of suppression? I know he didn't take my picture. Thank God, but um, <laughs> I, it, it was really I'm, funny. I'm now, I'm, I'm sorry. I'm going over to No Agenda Social now and changing my name to Sir Ryan Bemrose, <laughs> agent of oppression. Yes, yeah. yeah, yep. So, so yeah, we. Well, he was the only person that got. Well, we like we said, we didn't have a lot of people show up, so we didn't have a lot of crazies. But now in Virginia, were you working this? I noticed this for the first time here in mm-hmm. our little uh, little town, which was w- at one of the tables set up was a thing that you can still register to vote today and it's like what the hell is that all about um only uh, active duty military or recently separated military can same and their spouses and dependents can same day register in virginia um one of the people that came in was active duty military he tried to same day register and he didn't live in our city (laughs) when i was looking over his shoulder when he was filling out the application and i saw the street address and i was like that's not a street in our city. So um, he took the application to his actual place. Um, but uh, no, we don't do same day registration for anybody else, I believe. I mean, which is good because the whole system is set up to try to avoid fraud. And that's one of the steps in avoiding the fraud. So if you're going to move to a system where, well, you don't even need to register, just come in and register five seconds before we hand you a ballot, that would seem to also lead to a lot more of the voter fraud and the fact that they're making all these often yeah the the fact they're making all of these changes is uh and they're doing it on the fly which is even worse because there's nothing i mean there's a lot of bad laws that were well thought out i mean they thought Mm -hmm. they were well thought out but there's really by a magnitude more bad laws when it's like well let's just do this because we need to we need to get more people in so let's just let's waive this this election without going well wait why was this in place in the first you know, in the first place. And uh, well, there's a lot of checks that we do that people complain about. And I I don't know if they don't realize that we're doing these checks for security reasons. I'll I'll give you some examples or if they just don't care about 
if, if they just don't care about the security of elections or they just don't realize it's associated. So one example, and this happened a lot, where a lot of people requested absentee ballots. They got them at home and then they either decided they like either they didn't mail them in time or they decided they didn't want to mail them or they decided they wanted to vote in person. And they would show up without the absentee ballot and they would say, oh, I, I don't have it. I left it at home, but can I vote? And I'm like, yeah. okay, so do you understand? So like, you know, at the, at the entry <laughs> of our polling place are two people standing next to a ballot drop box that was just set up for that day. So people could drop off absentee ballots. So they could have dropped off their absentee ballot in that box on their way in, come in and tell me they didn't vote and then right. vote again. I'm like, do you understand <laughs> why well, I can't well, let you do that? And they get annoyed. They just sent it to Philadelphia is all right. <laughs> yeah. There was a lot of those. Yeah. Um, another one is, like I said, if they, like they show up at the wrong polling place for the in the wrong, you know, even if it's within the city and they want to vote anyway. And our poll books, even though they're on laptops, they're not connected to the network and they're not connected to other sites. They're just connected to each other through a hub so that they update when people check in. So this person could have voted at their home precinct and then showed up here and voted again. And they don't, you know, and I'm, I'm trying to explain to the, this to them, like, you know, for, for your security, I can't, cause you could have voted somewhere else just earlier this morning. I would never know. You could go vote somewhere else later, you know, so they, and people get very annoyed by that, but that's just some of the checks we have. I mean, I know that they're not perfect, but I think people should be concerned and, and appreciate these checks. They get very annoyed by them sometimes. Well, yeah. And then what uh, happens when, mm -hmm. and I know that, uh, there are some of the states which weren't even looking at the ballots that came in early for the absentee or the mail in mm -hmm. before the regular vote. So it's like then that's even less security because you don't know right. if a vote came in for somebody else. And how many of these states, what actually happens at that point then if you realize after the election, you know, after the doors are closed that you've got, you know, 10, 20, 100,000 votes that came in as double from people that had checked in. How do you know one, which of those votes to yeah. throw out or both to throw out? I mean, cause they're not, when somebody comes in and votes in person, their ballot, once you hand it to them, is not tied to them. Correct. Right. So you don't know which quote well, unquote vote to take back. <laughs> yeah. That's problematic. Yeah. And, 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 yeah. And, and you, you might not like this answer, but the, that policy is it's the kind of thing that gets set by the legislature, which is where you know, in in anywhere that the election is running smoothly, the legislature has set policy and the election officials follow that policy. And and if the policy is that you can't vote anywhere but your home precinct, then that's that's what constitutes a legal vote. Uh, and if the policy is, for example, that votes in person always take precedence over absentee, then you need to go check that sort of thing and, and do analysis before you certify the vote. That's, that's why we pay the big bucks to the election departments. Do we? Yeah. And, and anybody that like, if they brought in their absentee ballot, they could write, I surrender this like on the envelope and then get a actual ballot and vote on the machine, you know, vote and whatever. Um, but if they didn't bring theirs in, they'd have to vote provisionally. And then those are special ballots marked differently. Um, put aside, not run through the scanners, and then they, you know, adjudicate them one by one. Basically, did this person actually return their absentee ballot or not? You know, and 
I, I got to um, say, it sounds like a lot of work. Yeah. We, we had 16 provisional situations, which, you know, we only had 400 people show up. So 16 provisional situations. Uh, most of them were absentee ballots that people like either they're like, oh, I left it at home. I don't feel like going back and getting it or, you know, or I lost it or or I never requested one. But we can't check you in because it says you did all those situations, about 16 of those situations. I don't know how many. um provisional ballots there are across the city but they have to go through every situation they're all marked you know on the outside as to because they don't even get opened or looked at until they decide if they're going to accept it or not so they don't look to see who you voted for (laughs) before they decide if they're accepting it at least i don't think they're not supposed to so um and some of those uh, there's other reasons why people have to vote provisionally um but yeah but now what same day registration is a provisional uh uh vote it might be a provisional ballot because they have to verify you that you're be. actually eligible yeah. yeah yeah i think the same day reg goes in there yeah because to me it seems like if all these ballots are being sent out and mm-hmm. the voter rolls are more or less public record so mm-hmm. it wouldn't really be hard for somebody to fill out i mean granted the smaller the polling place the less chance this is going to happen because there's not as much uh you know you don't get as much for your dollar but in the larger precincts in that, mm-hmm. what happens? So say somebody goes down the voter rolls and, uh, you know, for whatever, you know, Chicago. I mean, we know we have a lot of good voting fraud in Chicago. Although, I mean, I guess everybody votes Democratic anyway. A lot of bad anyway. voting fraud, too. Yeah. I mean, what, but what if somebody for any kind of area decides that you get like duplicate ballots for everybody voting, you know, all for Trump or all for Biden or all for whoever, then what really happens? duplicate how <laughs> well that well that, i guess the, the the real problem i guess is the ones that come in uh-huh. and then the the person that they use their name and address don't oh. actually vote well then that's free and clear but oh, if, so you're voting under somebody else's name plus your own name right i mean i guess well, well, I mean, really what, what, what that. eventually right. what eventually happens is that that somebody claims to be the president-elect and the other person files a crap ton of lawsuits <laughs> right. yes and I mean, the Democrats want us to believe it's the end of our country as we know it, because Donald Trump is actually asking for, you know, the court system to look into well, the election. It, it, if if widespread voter fraud is is proven and let stand, then I think it might actually be that is uh, of all of the things that that the media has been saying are threats to our democracy or, or you know, the, the destruction of our way of of. I, I think that letting widespread voter fraud just go and say, ah, let him have it would be the most existential threat because it undermines the confidence in the entire election process, which is the linchpin of, of everything that when, when we say government of and by and for the people, that's the, the, the election process is the pin that holds that in place. And if people, lose confidence in the election process, then we no longer have a representative government. Even if they perform honest elections, if people don't believe it, we're not representative and we really have moved to a dictatorship. Yeah. And well, did you find it interesting? If you listen to yesterday's No Agenda show, the most interesting thing that I pulled out of there was the guy who had done the work and they were monitoring (laughs) Google and what the information that Google has about you, we've talked about that at length here on Grumpy Old Ben's. They have a profile of you. 
There's no question about it. The ads you see are based upon that. Everything you see, the news you see is based upon that. And this guy, I don't remember his name, but you can go look at the Robert Epstein. Oh, it was. Okay. It was Epstein. They did the work and noticed that Google, when they recognized somebody as a Democrat, they got the little pop up that said, make sure you vote. (laughs) And if you were a Republican, no such pop up. No reminder. and he he was he was paying attention to that sort of thing. He had a study with almost a thousand people who were contributing to the study who were going about their daily lives, but sending all of the search every time they did a Google search, all the pages that they got, which normally that page appears, you click something and then it's mm-hmm. gone and there's no record of it anywhere. But he he had installed a, a I don't know, browser plugin, whatever method they, they used to send the full list of results to his database every time they clicked and he had about a thousand people all over who were doing this and he collected a whole bunch of data. And the whole reason that he did this was, if you recall, it was about two years ago, he ended up going up in front of Congress and saying, Google swayed a minimum of 12 million votes during the 2016 election, just by manipulating the first result on the search page. So if somebody searches for some article, and they decide that even though the original article came from, say, Breitbart, uh, the New York Times has one where they added a bunch of words that, de- that they claim debunks it. So they'll send you to New York Times and they'll bury Breitbart on page five. Right. And, hmm. and Google has been doing that. And Google did that in the 2016 election. And this Robert Epstein went in front of Congress with a mountain of evidence. And he he was actually really difficult to find the evidence back in the day because this congressional thing happened to be about four days before Jeffrey Epstein, quote unquote, hanged himself. And suddenly you couldn't search for Epstein at all. Yeah. Yeah. Your results went downhill. The as we've also talked about here on Grumpy Old Ben's, the horrible thing about the whole system is that Google still owns over 90 percent of all search traffic, even though, you know, there's DuckDuckGo, even Bing, there's uh, there are alternatives out there to Google, but they still own like 90 percent of the search traffic. And it is a big psychological advantage. It's, it's the ultimate in psyops when somebody does a search for your name. Now, if you could control whether that top story or two was nice about you or whether it was cutting you down, that is going to change the way the world views you. So Google, when somebody searches for Donald Trump, all you have to do is make sure the first couple of stories are he's Hitler, he's horrible, yeah. and they search for Biden. Oh, he loves puppies and, and ice cream. But I mean, the, the first search result is about 70% of the clicks, and you get up to about 95 if you control the first two search results, and then you can do everything after that totally legit. But if, if Google just puts the first two search results is, as whatever narrative they want to push then they have swayed people's opinion because we get so much information from them and don't, not only do the first results have the most clicks i bet you the top results or higher results have more positive association with truthfulness i bet you there's some well, study out well, there that shows because there's because i was thinking about the uh, whole yeah, studies they've done about the order of people's names on ballots and how people higher up in the ballots get more percentage of votes so yeah, I wonder I, if there's some connection to trustworthiness and order. Well, I guess I, I'm mm-hmm. I, I am certain that one of the things that goes into their algo is the truthiness quotient as 
as applied by quote independent fact checkers who is uh, right yeah uh, george orwell (laughs) called them the ministry of truth they're the ones who decide what you're allowed to think right but i do think i think you're right these girl that most people when they those first two things that come up they probably believe are true yep even though it makes no sense they Mm -hmm. it's predictably irrational great book by dan arielli uh, MIT professor about all the weird things that go on in people's minds. And I think this is one of them because, you know, it's like, oh, well, these are the most trusted results. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Must be true. Yeah. Don't, don't trust. Must, yeah. Google would never lie to you. Never. Oh, why would they? I mean, they're just trying to get you the best possible results. That's all Google's doing. They do no evil. <laughs> they're not selling your information, uh, they're not selling ads. Yeah. So do you want to get into some stories or, or we, we are, we are talking about stories now. Okay. Let me ask you know, both of this mm-hmm. because we were talking about, you know, the, the difference of cities and the counties and that mm-hmm. what percentage of counties, so let's, you know, not look at States, not, let's not look at cities. Let's look at counties across the United States. What percentage of the counties do you believe Joe Biden won? And what percentage do you believe uh, Trump won? I mean, either answer is fine. Cause then, so how many how many counties do you think uh, Donald Trump won? God, how many counties are there in the country? I don't even know. But just percentage. About I mean, there's thousands. Percentage? Yeah. Percentage uh, of- well, I think he covered way more ground. So I think he probably got like 68, 74% of the counties. <laughs> that's an oddly specific. That's my oddly specific guess. Which, yeah, you have a guess, I, my, my guess would put that number up over 80. Yeah. 79%. Oh. Oh, oh, you went over. Yeah, I went over. (laughs) One dollar. DC girl wins, but you're both very close. Huh? I I should have said one county. Yeah. Well, then you would have lost because she had between uh, 68 and 74. I gave a range. That wasn't fair. (laughs) But that's still I mean, think about that for everybody that wants to be like, oh, Biden. Now we have a mandate to bring in all these socialists. It's like 79 percent of the counties in the country voted for Trump. The other 21 just happen to have millions of people in them. Yeah, but but at the at the risk of, of bringing out a, a Democrat platitude, um, it, land doesn't vote. People do. I was just going to say it's almost like if you live in a condo and or yeah, like your your number of votes in the condo association is tied to the square footage of your unit. So or, you know, the shares you basically own in the uh, building. Well, so well, yeah, I've lived in buildings where it was like that. You know, I had a smaller unit, I had less votes. Or the same same type of thing, which is is actually how things worked in 1774, where uh, your influence is dependent entirely on uh, how many acres your plantation is or, you know, well, actually, even after there was something about how many slaves you owned. But uh, like if if you were a big plantation owner, you you get a lot more clout. And mm-hmm. and that is the, the whole point to the electoral system or the or rather the the popular election system was that people should matter and not your landowner status, which, you know, nowadays the landowners uh, in in that equation are people like Zuckerberg and mm-hmm. Bezos and uh, you know, the, they, they don't have to have land. They just have a lot of money. But back in the day, land was money. And now they have land, too. Right. You can well, keep buying more. Land and money. <laughs> yeah. But I thought and it was Zuckerberg owned like half a Kauai and they all hate him or something like that. Well, yeah, because he put up uh, a wall. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Bastard. Mr. No Walls. But uh, the, the concept of the Electoral College, which we've talked about a lot, and it occurred to me 
once I learned exactly how the system worked, where if it goes back to nobody has 270 electoral mm-hmm. college votes, the fact that then it goes to the House, you know, for my whole life up until this election, I just always assumed like a lot of people, including the great Bill O'Reilly, who I, when we talked about this the other day, I'm like, this guy's been following elections his whole career and didn't know that if it goes back to the House, every representative does not get a vote. Every state's representatives have to vote together. So Illinois gets one vote. California gets one vote, which means if it were to go to the House for the president to be selected, the Republicans at this point would win because they have more states, even though the Democrats have way more people when it comes to the representatives in the House. Well, not way more anymore. But this is also another check and balance, just like the Electoral College, which is, yeah, we, we're not going by population. They, they've said it very clearly. One vote per state doesn't matter how many people vote in each state. That's how everything is supposed to be equaled out. This concept that, oh, well, the Electoral College was never meant to screw the person that gets the most popular votes. It's like, well, yes. And this proves it because it, their secondary uh, system was. does the same thing. It, hmm. it actually was meant to do that. Uh, a, a, well, yeah. I, I mentioned it on this show before, but one of the original justifications in the Federalist Papers, they, they wrote about this. One of the original justifications for doing the Electoral College the way they did was they recognized that there were very, very rural states and there were very, very urban states. And uh, they saw that there were trends, especially at certain times in history, where people were moving to the cities. And they also saw that the people who ran those cities were running them uh, kind of the same way they're doing it today, like their own personal fiefdom, de Blasio. Um, <laughs> Jay Inslee. And, yeah. And uh, what what they did not want was uh, the the leaders of a few very, very, very populous fiefdoms like, uh, you know, when when they were drafting the Constitution, if uh, Boston, New York. Philadelphia and uh, uh, Charleston, whatever the big city in Virginia was, if if all four of those got together, they had enough people uh, just in those cities to swing the votes for all 13 colonies. And they did not want that because, I mean, they were they were dealing with a bunch of very independent states who wanted to stay independent and they were trying to come up with a way to collect them together. And disenfranchising a bunch of them who just happen to be rural is a terrible way to keep them together. So the entire idea was they did not want these population centers to get together and create some kind of of cartel, which would cause the leaders of those population centers to become the de facto leaders of the entire nation, which, by the way, is exactly what the Democrats are trying to do. Right. Well, and one of the other things was. To protect against a populist charlatan that would fool the, you know, the dumb voters of America into voting for him. And this well, was that another didn't work in 2016. <laughs> well, you see, that's that's that is where I find the most irony in the Democrats wanting to get rid of the Electoral College, because they're trying to say that it caused what happened where it was actually put into place to keep such things from happening uh, but this I don't the one thing I will say is the world has changed to the point now. What do you think would happen in the United States if the Electoral College just came out and said, yeah, no, uh, we know everybody voted for Ryan Bemrose, but we don't 
think he's a good choice and we're going to vote for this guy. I mean, they, well, they're unfaithful they, electors. Uh, uh, they, there, are, yeah. there are a lot of states in including Washington now uh, that, uh, well, this is based on a Supreme Court decision, which was decided last year, but uh, maybe this year. But it was based on unfaithless electors in in yeah. Washington state, as a matter of fact, uh, from 2016, where four electors from Washington state, when Washington state went to Clinton, four electors did not cast their vote for Clinton and went to some other Democrat. I, I some some socialist. I, I don't Bernie? know who they went for. Uh, no, it wasn't Bernie, but it was they, they basically they didn't vote for Clinton in 2016. And Washington Secretary of State tried to replace them before the vote was certified so they could re-vote. And the, they ended up suing and the Supreme Court case wasn't. And I, I wish I had that case up, but uh, the Supreme Court settled it as saying, actually, the states do have the right to replace an elector after that elector has cast the vote uh, with a new elector who will cast a different vote. And so uh, Washington in particular, but I think several other states have now passed laws that say if an elector votes the wrong thing, we will just immediately replace it with a backup elector and have them recast the vote, which means that the autonomy in, from a lot of states has been taken away from the electors. Right. Which is not good. I remember there was a the most recent. Uh, faithless elector, I remember, was in 2000. Um, the uh, person who was supposed to cast electoral votes for D.C. did not. <laughs> and it was to protest D.C.'s lack of voting uh, representation in Congress. So it was uh, supposed to be this act of, she just submitted blank uh, electoral ballots as an act of civil disobedience. <laughs> nice. Yeah, I mean, it's... Uh... Um, but, you know, uh, I don't think that she would have done that if it wasn't, you know, a shoe in, well, yeah. but you know, whatever it, it was just, it was sort of odd. It was a weird, it's like a weird flex. Yeah. It's, <laughs> yeah. it's easy to flex when you're, you're not <laughs> interfering with the results of the election. Yeah. No. Yeah. yeah. Now you said the one, what the notes you had for us, you said oh, there were a few yeah. people that, uh, that freaked out that election day. What does that mean? Exactly. We had so we had the guy who was yelling about the um, agent of voter suppression, but we right, also yeah. we had this one woman. Um, so uh, you can vote; it's called voting outside the polls. But you can vote outside, uh, and this is usually for people that can't get out of their cars. Um, I think anybody over sixty-five can vote from their car, and we have to go out there. Two of us, one representing. Each of the only two parties that apparently exist <laughs> we only <laughs> right. have to have two people. Right. Um, and, you know, you, you get their ID, you bring it inside, you check them in, you bring but, them the ballot, they vote, you bring the ballot back in, you scan it, you go back out, tell them that it's scanned. Right. So, and we had no, you know, like I said, we had no lines and it was a very slow day. So a woman pulled up and she wanted to vote outside. So somebody, they went outside, they got her stuff, they were checking her in. Then she comes running in saying, that, you know, she'd been waiting in her car for 10 minutes already. And when she called the voter office, they said Wait, that it would she, only take a minute. Yeah. She came running in. Yes. So obviously so, she could get out of her car. <laughs> yeah. So she said that she had um, two broken vertebrae in her neck and she was in like a 10 out of 10 pain. But we were taking so long that she had to come in and she was just going to do it herself anyway. So... 
you know, the person who was just said, okay, fine, go ahead. We'll, we'll check you in. So we, you know, we checked her in and then she was, you know, voting and she was, you know, mumbling and she was really pissed off. And, uh, somebody noticed that she had left her ID at the check-in table. So they went over and said, Oh, sorry, um, miss you. This is your ID. And she like snatched her ID out of the guy's hand and was like, really? And I was watching this in the corner and I'm like, damn, you know, nobody's really saying anything, you know, you know, we're just letting her have her moment. So then she, she stomps out and we were like, wow, that was pretty, you know, that was pretty crazy. And then she comes running back in and she is like crying and she's like, I can't find my ID. And I'm thinking, well, I'm not going to help you because I saw you take it out of the guy's hand. I know you have it on you, but I'm just like, eh, okay, I'm just going to sit here and be quiet. And she's stomping around looking for her ID. And she's like, I just want to let you know that I'm in a lot of pain. And, you know, and she's going on and on. And, you know, she, um, she leaves. I don't know if she found her ID. Yeah. And, like, uh, like, yeah I'm in a lot of pain being near you too. Oh. Yeah. I don't know. She- well, there, yeah, there was a couple of things. I, I looked over at the person next to me and I'm like, and this is why we need to legalize marijuana for her pain. <laughs> and so I can deal with her being in pain. Yeah. And maybe if you're all hopped up on Vicodin, <laughs> you shouldn't be allowed to vote because you don't even know where your ID is. Yeah. So she was. So we, I looked over at the chief and he said, just write an incident report. She's on my incident report every year. I guess <laughs> I guess she always like causes an issue. And so she's not, you know, normally. And I think we had talked about this last time I was on. The nice thing about in-person voting and having these small precincts is that you know everybody. You really do. It's like, it's the crazies you know. There's very rarely new crazies that show up, you know? So people that, uh, she was probably the most, uh, you know, the only person that really got loud and, and kind of nuts. Um, everybody else was pretty relaxed. Well, yeah, and it, and it makes it harder to cheat if you know the people that are yeah. usually coming in every election. What do you yep. think if you've ever heard Ryan talk about he thinks there should actually still be tests for people before they're allowed to vote? Um, what no. you used exactly Where the hell are you getting this from your exact words? Like a poll tax right. Or- you said not everybody should be allowed to vote because they're stupid. No, uh, you're you're OK. You're putting words in my mouth. OK, what I, did you say? I, if, if this is what we're doing. No, I know I'm, I'm actually you know what? I'm just going to let you go on with your point and hang yourself with your wrong words and. <laughs> I'm not even going to fact check you. I'm you just going to make up words to put in your mouth now. The trolls so can what all tell I us. said, what I did not, I never said aloud. I am not, you should know by now I am not the kind of person to use words like aloud because I don't believe that the government should be intervening in a lot of shit. No, what I said was that low information voters should not vote and oh, should, should possibly be, dis- yeah, they should, yeah. And, and you might discourage them per se. Allowed, I never use that word because I, I absolutely believe it is everyone's right to vote. But I think that low information voters are a problem. And if you cannot be fucked to go and figure out which of the candidates can string together a complete sentence, then you really should not be casting your vote. I, I want voters to do their own research to investigate to figure out at least who they're voting for and what it means to vote for them before they do that you know it's interesting because we had two i don't know if uh they're not called ballot measures uh constitutional amendments to the state constitution on our ballot and uh they were uh long (laughs) you know long explanations 
um, and we had these pamphlets, and I didn't read them, but we had these pamphlets that allegedly explained the, ball- the, the two amendments in a nonpartisan way. Ah. So they were, yeah, that doesn't uh, exist. Right. <laughs> so, so they're provided by the election office and it's just a ballot that explains, I mean, a, a, a pamphlet very long. <laughs> and we also had, um, yeah, so we had to pile them outside because we didn't want people to come in and then go, oh God, now I have to read this, you know? So, um, and, uh, you know, I'm, we don't have that for the candidates ever, but we had it for these constitutional amendments. And one was about redistricting. So that was pretty, uh, uh, like people actually cared. The other one was about removing, I was all about it. It was like uh, first responders that had died, like removing their certain taxes the family has to pay or something like that. Um, But the other one was about redistricting. So it was, you know, people were actually cared about it. And uh, yeah, they they provided a lot of information there. (laughs) Which is good. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, but they they don't. I guess I guess they just can't do that for candidates because they, they, there's just no way for it to be nonpartisan. I guess. Well, because nobody well, no, actually. What, has. what you do is you you allow each candidate to put together their own statement, and and yeah. you know it's partisan because it comes from them. But right. that's kind of how it's supposed to work. And Joe Biden. Right. I also would argue that Trump the, bad. The changes to the state constitution are far more important than than uh, selecting yeah. a candidate. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, yeah. Here in Illinois, they actually voted against. Pritzker's new tax. I mean, I was amazed that they voted hmm. against Pritzker's new tax. Oh, don't yeah. worry. You'll they'll they'll either just pass it without the vote or they'll make you vote again. Oh, well, yeah. There's no you question were, about you it. the end of this tax, whatever it is. They were doing that for years here in our local town. And I think it was something to do with property tax, you know, money that they had. And, uh, you know, they, you know, were, would change what you had to vote to so you know one ele- you had to pay attention because what election you know for it to do the tax not to pass you had to vote yes but in the next oh. election for the tax not to pass you had to oh, vote no that's, i hate that <laughs> wording means that everything yeah. yeah that was that was one thing i actually yep. really did like about I, I told you about the advisory votes about tax increases on the washington ballot uh which uh, it, voting for that is is completely useless because not once has the a vote to repeal a tax ever convinced the legislature not to raise taxes. Um, but the thing I liked about the that appearing on the Washington ballot was that uh, in every case, the it, it said, you know, the, the legislature voted to increase a tax without the vote of the people, yada, yada, explain a little bit of it. And then at the very bottom where the buttons were to fill out, it said, should this tax increase be a repealed or be allowed and changing the wording like that Mm. is huge as opposed to just putting like a yes or no where you're like okay what does yes mean what does no mean yes means no of course i i I feel like that was actually a, a a definite improvement in terms of just wording the ballot saying tax increase repealed or confirmed or whatever it was yeah and i don't the same pet peeve about computer pop-ups that say confirm or deny or accept or reject <laughs> when the affirmative yeah. doesn't mean something affirmative. And yeah. 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 Very yeah. annoying. Always back out very carefully. Yeah, the, the error box that just says an error yep. occurred. Yes. No. Yeah. <laughs> um, like if I click, no, will you go back and do it correctly this time? <laughs> yes. That would be nice, but, but no. Um, so as far as working the polls, as far as mm-hmm. election day, how did COVID make things different? Uh, That's, uh, I mean, was yeah. it, was it, I mean, it was, I, I will say the only weird thing about going into the polls was 
Uh, I almost never wear a mask because I'm never around people. So having to wear the mask and going from outdoors to indoors, the you know glasses fogging up, and of course mm-hmm. only having one halfway decent eye, it was very hard for me to read the ballot. But I didn't want to take the mask off because then you know you have to wear a mask where you are. So it was harder than it had to be because I noticed the ballots are they're saving money, I guess, by rather than printing in a bold black font, you know, just printing in a well, somewhat kind of gray font that mm-hmm. maybe you can see or maybe you can't. But, uh, you know, otherwise, I, I, I did think about it when I picked up the pen and like, oh, I need some hand sanitizer. I don't know who's been, you know, in yeah. here. I mean, how did this were the the overall people acting like this was uh, walking into a war zone or <laughs> were they very calm? So, we never had a line. So we did have like uh sticker well we had the line in the, in the morning but we had stickers on the ground okay well, let me let me start at the beginning so we have something called the virginia medical reserve corps which are volunteer people that help with all sorts of medical emergencies and you don't have to have medical ex- training experience they, they just do all sorts of things one of the things they do is infection reduction training and help and so of course covid is natural you know fit for them to to, to do things with so they showed up in the morning and they marked off, um, you know, six feet, you know, dots where the people would be waiting in line. So they weren't standing in line too close to each other. I heard of other states putting chairs six feet apart and you had to like play musical chairs <laughs> as you go down the line to get in just to make sure that people were staying six feet apart, especially inside. Um, we did get um, a bo- So we had somebody from the Medical Reserve Corps show up in the morning. Um, help us mark stuff off, gave us um, extra PPE, like face shields, masks, gloves. They also gave us plexiglass little stands to put in front of where we were all seated, the people that were seated um, checking people in. So like a sneeze guard, basically, between us and the the voter um, with a little thing underneath where you could slide papers. Uh, but there were, there were definitely election workers walking around um, the site to help with certain things. They were told to wear face shields. You, you were supposed to wear a face shield if you weren't sitting behind plexiglass. Um, not everybody did. Uh, the pens were so we normally have these pens that say, actually, do I have one here now? Um, that just say property of polling place or do not remove from polling place or whatever. And um, until of course this, you removed it, right? Right. No, I have a few actually. I love to leave them places. Actually, it's really funny. So. Um, they gave us boxes and boxes of Bic pens and they basically told us to tell people to keep them. So the pens <laughs> nice. were one. Yeah. The pens were one use uh, and they were like, just take them. And then there's also um, when, when we give the person the ballot, we give them a, like a manila folder or like a little file folder thing. So that a privacy folder, basically just a folder. And so they can walk over to the table and fill out the ballot and they can walk over to the machine and it's covered. So those envelopes they were to take with them or throw away. Um, we we couldn't reuse those folders. Um, we we were given gloves and like I said, extra cleaning supplies um, so we could wipe down the tables occasionally. I, I didn't really do that. I think I think the medical reserve person was supposed to do that. I think she was around all day cleaning. Um, uh, you can vote without a mask. Um, a couple of ways uh, we would first I, we were we, nobody tried to vote without a mask, but we were told if somebody did not want to wear a mask or couldn't or you know whatever, um, first offer to let them vote outside, sort of like the curbside or in the car voting, but they'd just be standing there. 
Um, if that wasn't good, then we would make sure they were the only person in the polling place at that time, you know, besides all the election workers, right. which wouldn't have been an issue because it was, like I said, it was dead. <laughs> it was dead. As were most um, of the voters. Oh yeah. Yeah. Right. There was this one woman came in with her daughter and it was her daughter's first time voting. And she wanted to take pictures of her daughter, like checking in. And I was like, I guess nobody else here. Yeah, sure. You can take as many pictures as you want. Um, so like I said, it was, it was, uh, so it really wasn't besides sitting behind the plexiglass and wearing a mask, it wasn't, and, you know, throwing the pen, keeping the pens in envelopes. It wasn't too bad. And I believe that was done in the primaries here as well. So, uh, nothing, nothing super new. Um, I don't, I didn't hear anything about anybody, anybody across the city, not wanting to wear a mask to vote, but I did hear a story, uh, from one of the people that actually works for the election office that she got like somebody yelled at her for being partisan because she had a blue mask on. <laughs> nice. It, did. it didn't say, it didn't say like yeah. Biden Harris. There's, just, there's no other explanation as to why somebody might like the color blue. Yeah. I only wore gray on election day. I wore a black shirt and gray, gray Very pants, smart. gray shoes, everything. Black shirt. No, are you, what no are you one of those BLM guys? Yeah. <laughs> there we go. Great. You I were, was looking like Antifa. Right. You're ready yeah. to riot. The minute things went poorly, you were like, I'm out of here. Yeah. Ready. But we did have. You, met, uh, mm-hmm. uh, oh, I, you mentioned pictures. I, I was going to. I was going to ask, I, there, mm-hmm. there is a persistent rumor that always goes around that it's illegal to take pictures in, inside the polling place. So Which in Virginia, you always can. Always silly. Yeah. So in Virginia, it, it came up uh, quite a, probably in 2016. I mean, it came up a while ago. And uh, it went to the courts, I believe, and it was a f- considered a free speech issue. You can photograph and selfie yourself. You just can't get anybody else in the picture. So you can do like a selfie, a ballot selfie or a voting selfie. But you can't just take pictures around of people voting. So it's like going to Vegas because that's kind of like the rules yeah. in the casino, like uh, for a long time, no pictures at oh, all. Right, now, 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 I mean, now it's hard to keep people from doing that, but it's like, yeah, just take pictures of yourself. Nobody mm-hmm. else. Yeah. So we, I don't think I, I didn't see a ton of that, um, but yep. Yeah, can. <laughs> and, and do you have faith in the counting machine that you're using? <laughs> so, um, which put another way, is it a dominion? Right. Machine? Right. No. So we use heart. Um, yeah, I looked at the heart H A R T is the company that we use. Um, and we have for a long time and I did, um, so we had two scanners and we, at the end of the day, we print out a register, basically it looks like a register tape that has the results for each scanner on it. And we print out in the morning, of course, and it's got to be all zeros. <laughs> and then we print it out at the end of the day and we make sure for first the number of ballots that were process- processed match the number that we handed out. Um, so it's not over or under like nobody walked out with a ballot. Nothing got counted more than once. So there's that. No, nobody pulled up number. to the back door with with a box right. of ballots that were only marked for president. Right, exactly. Because we have sealed. So we'll get to the ballot printing because I didn't know about that whole DHS ballot printing, but we get sealed packets of ballots and we count them when we open them. There should be 100. Um, we uh, you know, distribute them and then we open another pack um, and then we count how many we have left over and we do some math. We have a whole ballot math sheet where we you know if sometimes people make mistakes. Actually, we had several people make mistakes on their ballots this year and those have to be um, voided out but accounted for. Because they came out of one of the packs. So we had to make sure all these numbers were balanced at the end of the day. Um, so I'm confident that nobody added 
or took away ballots, because we also compare that to the number of people we checked in, right? So everything's got to match. Um, now, all I know is that when we shut down the machines, a little piece of tape comes out and it tells me how many people voted for who on that machine. And then I call the city and I read those numbers over the phone and they enter them in as a preliminary um, you know, number. And then, of course, those register tapes get taped to a statement of results that gets sent to the registrar and the city and the city clerk. Um, now, uh, that's where it leaves my hands. Um, I, I, you know, I could, I could get copies of those tapes. I didn't ask this year, but in the past I have. I, I could have written down the numbers myself. There was a poll watcher, you know, watching us do this and, and also, you know, copying down the numbers. So I guess after after the after the numbers leave my mouth <laughs> at the polling place yeah i guess they could be tampered with right but at least you know what they're supposed to be now my question when it, when it comes I know, to, yeah i mean now, i don't I, know if it's counting correctly right but it's right you know and that's the question i mean i guess with a lot of these with the with the dominion machines uh mm-hmm. you know, they might want to go back and double check the actual ballots that went into the machine and yeah. see if those are out but now there sounds like they're very specific that they want to account for every ballot mm-hmm. that they send you. Are the ballots that they send people for the absentee or early voting were they different somehow? No, they were the same. Wow. Looked, yeah, so what's the point then? The provisional ones are marked provisional, but the uh, what's so what's the point? Well, if they're of, the exact same ballot, then uh-huh. it's kind of like well, then anybody could be adding, you know, doing anything they want with. With the, I mean, the fact that they're like, we need to account for every single ballot. Well, they're sending out thousands of them in the mm-hmm. mail. So what is the big deal if you're not if you're missing right. some because you've sent out thousands, I'm assuming. Right. But we just want I mean, we don't care. Well, I think the absentee absentee ballot return rate is like 88 percent or something like that. I don't think they care if people don't return them. They just don't want to. You get one and that's it, right? <laughs> right? And you don't leave the polling place with it and you don't walk in with extras. So I think at the polling place, we want to make sure all of our numbers are coming out okay. Now, again, I can't tell you if the machine is reading the ballot correctly and putting the number in the right box. It didn't come out all Biden. I tell you that. <laughs> well, that's a, that's <laughs> you know, a good sign. You know what I mean? Like, so it didn't look uh, weird. Um, right. It was only a fraction of the people that could vote at that polling place were people that voted in person that day. So any large scale tampering would have had to happen with the mail-in system. Because like I said, we had hit 66% turnout before we opened. So um, now I think the way they issue these absentee ballots, uh, especially the people that vote absentee in person, which sounds right, doesn't make sense. But um, same thing. I mean, they count what they're issuing and you want to you don't want to get more back <laughs> so you'll, you'll get less back though with mail and that's the issue so it does seem like it's the dominion machines that are having issues and i know you were looking into this yeah. ryan from the just the very uh, basic stuff i've heard it's like one the company that provided these machines is very much connected to the clinton machine which i mean that's always something you're looking for when you're having people do voting stuff uh and from what I've read, and I don't know if the guy was legit or not, but it seemed like a, you know, dude named Ben, somebody that knew what they were talking about, talking about these machines, that the encryption was very poor. There's a default username and password that the things could have, you know, a USB drive plugged in or the firmware could have been changed. 
you know, what did you find out in your because I know you did more of a deep dive on these machines. Uh, should we be as worried as people are about these machines? Ryan? Oh, I I did. I do a deep dive. <laughs> yeah, I thought you were. You were the one that was looking into these Dominion machines. You said uh, you're you're the one who sent me the the link of all the thi- uh, there. I mean, there's a there's an article I looked at that said what we have learned so far from reading the Dominion voting system manual. Uh, I, you sent me that link and I thought, OK, you've got this or why well, um, said it to you because I thought you were doing the research on Dominion already. That could have just been my fault. Yeah. How dare you believe I was doing work? <laughs> yeah. Sorry yeah, about I'm, that. I'm looking at the picture of their uh, precinct count optical scan voting machine. So and it looks like very similar to what we set up. Uh, it, it's, it's a big box, right? With like a little tech on top of it. And you scan your uh, your ballot over in the top and it drops into the box and it allegedly reads it. Right. Right. So and- it's very, very yeah. similar. Um, very similar. Uh, but it's interesting because Dominion acquired the old Diebold Diebold system um, company. Yes, they, I mean you got to you yeah. got to get the root of your corruption somewhere. Yeah, yeah. So that's pretty crazy because I, I do. Yeah, I do remember the Diebold scandal and the black box voting people and the you know wanting more transparency and how these systems work. I don't know if they ever got anywhere with that. I guess not. So I can I can give you a quick rundown on on the capabilities of this system and why why it you should be a little bit concerned. Um, you know, uh, one of the first things to note, and and this is just a concern with any is it it takes updates from the internet if you plug it in, um, and and oh. any system should have a method of being able to uh, update the software if you find bugs but yeah, uh not over the internet but this one if you plug it into the internet it can take updates uh even even day of because there didn't seem to be any restriction on on timing if if somebody publishes an update uh there was i i, I wasn't able to find much more confirmation but i did read an article that uh in one of the precincts updated all of their dominion machines in philadelphia uh the day before the election um don't know what exactly was pushed out there uh, but uh, it is concerning. Uh, that's another really concern. That's just bad tech. You freeze changes at a certain time. Yeah. Just, yeah well, really if, if if for no other reason than so that you can test. Yeah. 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 Um, the Dominion machines, the the main ones that are that have been pushed out the most, uh, have only one paper path, and the way that it works is you use the touch screen to enter your votes, and it will take all of your choices and print the ballot. And then push the ballot out into a glass covered screen where you can view the paper so you can confirm what you did. And then it sucks that paper right back up into the same path and scans it so that it can send the scan over the Internet to the central counting office. Why is that a concern? Because with the right firmware, you can engage the printer after it sucks it back into scan. Oh, because it's the same physical path. I just can't believe path. these are on the internet. I can't, I mean, ours, none of ours are ever connected to the internet, not even for updates. I, I, it's just amazing. I, that they would. I, I can't that. confirm That's that crazy. they were all. I can't confirm yeah. they were all connected to the internet during the voting day. Yeah. Um. I I do know that they connect to the internet for updates. Um. So there are a number of modes that you can create, uh, which allow you to create uh, voting profiles and and print ballots that way which it suggests are for individuals who want to do a straight ticket vote. So you can create a, have a button 
that says you just push one button says Republican. Right. And it will print out all of the votes for what whatever it has. It it has internal profiles. And uh, why is this a concern? It sounds like a great convenience. Well, because you might print the quote Republican ticket to do Republican congressman, Republican legislative, Republican senator and Joe Biden. Right. And just have it, you know, somebody pushes straight Republican. And so um, the voting profiles are a little sketchy. Uh, it says network security is very weak because all access keys use the same cryptographic pair. Um, this also has the advantage of giving plausible deniability to if somebody decides to screw with the machine because everyone is using the same key. So you can't use the key to determine who did it. Right. Which is really bad. Juju. Um, I remember the first encrypted instant messenger that I ever used was it was a plug in for AOL instant messenger, I believe. And the problem with it was, yes, it did actually encrypt what you were saying, but exactly the same thing as here. It was the same keys for everybody, which meant it was simplistic for anybody to break that system. So was it encrypted? Sure. But when everybody has the same key, it doesn't really matter. Right. Um, Digital certificates have no password. That's uh, that. That's always useful, just in case you need to have a man in the middle attack between the the voting area. So I, I guess these things are. I mean, they are online during voting because they send results up to a central database constantly. Yeah, see, um, and we just do that over the phone. Wow, like, there is yeah, there is an admin mode on the machine which allows uh, at, at any time somebody with the local admin password which it also suggests that you never change the password which means i guess it's a default admin password but somebody can go into admin mode and change settings um including during the middle of an election so you can go into admin mode and uh, I, I i don't know if there's actually a button that says you know subtract thousands of votes from this guy and add them to this guy <laughs> um but there's uh there I wonder there's what the no use log cases yeah i wonder what the use case is for going into admin mode on this, this so this sounds like it marks the ballots and scans them. So it's like a ballot marking device in and a scanner. I yes. mean, if it start, if it breaks during the election, you just use paper and I, I mean, in, in theory, if one of these, <laughs> like, yeah. why would you ever need to go into admin mode on this system during a live election? That just seems like it's not. Well, I, I, I mean, the the obvious use cases if if the votes are going the wrong way and you need right. to modify them. Well, and I'd like to know, is there a locked down BIOS or something where it would be logged that somebody went into admin mode and that couldn't then be deleted? Same thing with, and uh, you know, really anything updates that it would, there would be a log that the firmware was changed at this time. Well, if the logs on the system, then you can tamper with the log. Right. You don't want to connect it to the internet to dump the logs because yeah. then it's on the internet. So it's like. Right. So that's why it's, you know, is there something built into the system that would log to an area where people can't get to? I mean, yeah. it, it's it's kind of simplistic, but, you know, you're when you buy a computer from Dell, they've got a little part of the hard drive that's mm-hmm. only their recovery software that, you know, normal, you know, you could lock that down and the system could still write to it. But then again, I guess if people know what they're doing, you could still mess with that because we know I mean, there's there's a couple simple things to remember about voter fraud in a presidential election which is the country's pretty much split so close that it's not like you need to sway 
50% of the votes from one candidate to the other. It's a much right. smaller amount. Oh, the 3% yeah. is usually enough. So it's like, so yeah, that's exactly it. So if you have something in that counting software that's like, hey, three times out of every hundred votes for Trump, give them to Biden. Who's so going to catch that? The the one other thing that, that I, I noted in the uh, Dominion manual is, and, and it's not really clear what this is because it doesn't seem to, dis, it doesn't seem to define what the term does, but uh, there is a key sequence that you can put in again during an election which will cause it to batch overrun a preset amount of ballots. And it doesn't describe what overrun means, but it doesn't sound fair to me. Hmm. Uh, now that could be, it could be just uh, oh, where we're going to go back and, and scan a bunch of ballots and invalidate all the thing. And, and maybe it's all right, but I, I don't know what, I, I don't know that without defining what overrun means. Anyways, that, Honestly, the biggest concern that I have, and I understand this is not a huge concern for the majority of people who are very happy with their Facebook and Microsoft and Google and everything, but the biggest thing for me that tells me I would never want to use these is they are a black box, closed source. Uh, You don't know what's going on inside the box. You don't need to know the firmware is proprietary. It's covered by copyright. Uh, if we are going to have software running our elections, then that software must be independently auditable by anybody who cares to do so. And these things are, of course, a, a closed source private contractor who just says you're going to have to just trust us. And I don't care if they're the most trustworthy people in the world with the most stellar track record ever created. Um, if I don't have the ability to go line by line through your source code and determine what your machine is doing, then I can't fully trust your machine. And I know maybe I'm, I'm one of those weird zealots and, and may, you know, you can call me Richard Stallman if you like. (laughs) I don't blame you. I, I think it should be more open. Um, I know the black box voting people, I don't know what they're up to these days. I remember they were pretty, uh, you know, adamant about opening this but i think they kind of gave up they they were against the lack of a paper trail which i think most places not all at least they'll have a paper trail right well that's yeah. where the concern is when the machines actually fill out the ballots as well yeah um because there's there's way too many ways that that can be messed with that i mean i mean i get it you're supposedly seeing your ballot underneath but how do you know it's actually your ballot yeah, we have a yeah we have a ballot marking device at our polling places that are for people that can't write or use a pen or see. Yes, well is, is that the whatever. suck and blow machine? Yeah, it's the sip and puff. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, so I learned I learned something um, about our friend the sip and puff this year. Um, <laughs> I did so that so that's a it's a ballot marking device, but you don't stick a ballot in it. You, you you go up to the screen, you interact with it in a number of ways, and then it prints out a ballot on a regular printer, like a little Epson printer that we set up in the morning. So okay. Please tell me it's dot matrix. I want it to be dot matrix. (laughs) God, no. Unfortunately, it's not. Um, And then that gets scanned in the ballot machine, ballot reader machine, whatever. Um, So I remember hearing about this whole DHS special magical 
um, radioactive <laughs> ballot thing. <laughs> um, and I'm kind of wondering, yeah, I, I mean, we can, we can print a blank ballot from that machine as well. And it's, of course, it's all tracked and you, you print out a, you know, a statement from that machine of how many ballots it's created during the day and all that stuff. There's a couple of situations and I, I'm not exactly sure the legal reason why, um, where people can only vote in a federal election and they can't vote on other things on a ballot for a certain reason. And we could generate a federal only ballot using that ballot marking machine, which is blank. And then they fill it out and scan it. But it, it doesn't have that magical radioactive DHS ballot paper that <laughs> we've, I, we heard about on no agenda, yeah, which I, was I, news to me. Yeah. Right. You might want to keep on the download, the, uh, the radioactive ballots. That might yeah. be the kind of thing that discourages people from touching. Them. Oh, right. That's true. You're not going to get COVID from them. You're going to die from cancer. <laughs> right. Yeah. Um, it's killing the COVID with the radiation. Yeah. No worries. But yeah, the, cause I was looking at, you know, I mean, the ballots are, the, I mean, I know printers have a way of, you know, putting, you know, uh, unique codes on on things yes. that we can't really see, but um, every printer I, does. Yeah, and I don't. Uh, yeah, I was kind of looking at the ballots, thinking about that. Um, yeah, I never really asked where our ballots come from. I assumed it was like some contractor. China, Kink- Kinkos, right? Kinkos <laughs> in know. China. I mean, there is a reason why they can't be changed after a certain point, obviously, right? Because they had to get printed. Um, but I didn't realize. I'm kind of curious where this facility is that that prints the ballots. I mean, I wouldn't be surprised China. if it was nearby. <laughs> right. Well, I wouldn't be surprised if it was nearby here, actually. I don't know. No, probably sure. not. Well, but I mean, this yeah. is one of the Middle things. Of the country. Yeah, one of the things no, that probably really. Some nondescript warehouse. You know, well, yeah. yeah. No, uh, no windows. You don't know what's going on in there. But one of mm-hmm. the, you know, conspiracy theories when right after the election was, you know, photos or something or video of people sitting at a table. And this may have been in Philadelphia. And they're yes. taking one ballot. And then they're filling out another ballot and everybody's like, see, this is voter fraud. And it's like, no, no, it's not necessarily voter fraud because there was a run of ballots that were sent out that the machines couldn't read for some Mm -hmm. reason. So they had to transcribe those to new ones. But you see how quick these things, you know, get onto the uh, social media and people point to them. It's like you have no proof behind them whatsoever. And the more stuff like that you pull then the legitimate stuff's going to be just brushed under the table. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I just, just a quick reminder to all you people on, on 4chan who want to, you know, rush (laughs) to point out everything. Um, There is no shortage of legitimate, provable evidence of voter fraud. Right. We, we don't need to go out and take a a blurry photo of something and be like, ha, see there. Yeah. slow down the legal process does not work fast right yeah 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 and there was definitely you know people uh making statements and then recanting the statements i I think i even saw a story i mean you know the dog that allegedly voted i saw some follow-up stories about that right or at least got a ballot which resulted in 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 some fantastic show art for no agenda i will say yes (laughs) um I did see something that showed up on No Agenda Social, but I believe it was care of 4chan. And it was, see, look, voter voter fraud. And it was a screenshot of somebody's um, voting record online. And it showed that they were they requested the absentee ballot. They were issued the oh, absentee yeah. ballot. They that was- filled it out and returned it all on the same day. But that's just in-person absentee. You go, you request your ballot. You fill it out, you return it, you vote there. That's all the same day. 
It's not. We, we, we covered a couple, uh, a week yeah. or two before the election, we covered a, a huge 4chan conspiracy yeah. where people were pointing to the uh, state of Oregon uh, I- election site, which, by the way, was really poorly put together. But they were saying, look, if you know somebody's name and date of birth, you can pull up whether or not they voted and you can request an absentee ballot. And like, well, yeah, and and that's kind of awful because you shouldn't necessarily be. But it name and date of birth and and whether or not somebody voted is ultimately all going to be public information anyway. And issuing a new absentee ballot just it doesn't necessarily do anything. I, I don't know. I, we covered it back then. It was it, it was one of those things where you, you look at it, and you're like, oh, yeah, they're totally fry. Actually, no, this looks like just some webmaster was a retard and didn't close or didn't authenticate anything. But otherwise, it's all public data. Yeah. I mean, I I have to put in my last four, my social security number on top of my birthday to see my record and, you know, whether I voted and whether I was. And I don't know if that's every state, but it seems I mean. So it wouldn't be hard to find that information since there's so many data breaches all the time. No, well, yeah, I, I mean, if if you went to the Washington voter list, you you could check on the status of my ballot I, it, just by knowing information that I've already given on this show. And yeah. we know you were the guy that pushed Jay Inslee over the top and gave him victory. <laughs> right. So congratulations yeah, on it that. Turns out that website that doesn't you, actually publish who was voted for. <laughs> right. Yeah. Right. Yeah, you're the one who admitted to voting for Jay Inslee. Yes, and got yelled at on NAS for it. I know. It wasn't my fault I was sent a ballot and then I filled it in and uh that just went horribly wrong. Like what was the what was that rule that you said, I Ryan? Know. I didn't uh follow somebody's law on uh, not being clear about my sarcasm and uh, uh, uh Poe's law. Pose law, yes. Po Poe's law, yeah, is is the one that says as as discussion gets more heated, it becomes more and more difficult to tell a sincere expression of a radical position from a sarcastic uh, parody of that position. Got it. And uh, yeah, which, I failed which means, to. Yeah. <laughs> the, the more heated a discussion gets, the harder it is to tell the trolls from the people who are just wacko. I thought adding Ryan Bemrose as lieutenant governor gave it away. Not so much. <laughs> well, we know that's who you want. Yeah. Well, that's I mean, really, if this if this goes to the House and the House makes uh, Trump president, some people were like, yeah, the uh, the Senate should give him Kamala as his vice president. Just, oh, just for oh, fun. <laughs> oh, geez. Now oh, that, my gosh. There there would be an assassination in the White House at some point. I don't know which way it would go, but yes, we're all yeah. brawl. Nobody would be or, uh, sleeping or with an Aaron Burr style duel. Yeah. Well, I mean, yeah. you figure that's how the system started. I mean, think about that. The second most presidential vote getter was the vice president. I mean, yeah. what a different world, huh? That wouldn't work today. That would not work, which is why we have the two party system, which is why everything is overall screwed up, because it's a, you know, rather than what is best for the public as a whole and basing things upon that. It is an us or them. So it's, it's this is why we've gotten to this point as much as I hate it, where, you know, I, I think I'm still rational that there are things if a Democrat has a good plan for yeah, something. Stop it. What the hell? Right. You know, it's like I'll no be room like, for that. Yeah, it's like I'm, I'm for that. You know, hey, but this is the this has gotten to the point to where it's so much like a, a sporting spectacle 
that you can't have it any other way, which is why people like Cuomo are so upset that it appears the distribution of a vaccine, which is seen as a good thing to most people, is going to be a victory for Trump. And it's like, oh, if we could have just waited, you know, for a few more months in there. I mean, I don't know what he thinks <laughs> Trump is going to do where he's like, well, Biden won't be able to undo this vaccine plan. It's like, what do you mean? What what's the plan he, to a vaccine? It's like you stick he's, people. He's probably what what Trump is probably going to do is improperly claim credit for something which is uh, apparently a mortal sin for the people who I I don't know who think that that's crazy. I I don't know. I I it seems like the issue at least with the vaccine getting credit thing, it 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 blows me away like why would that matter and it seems like the the real crux of the issue is whether or not Trump can claim to have personally developed the vaccine or something, which is bullshit regardless. <laughs> right. <laughs> but I mean, the only thing he has going for him was he said right before the election that the vaccine was imminent and it would be here before the end of the year. And everybody on the yeah. left went, oh, there's no proof. No, it, okay, not- well, that happened. Right. You know, so, you know, there's that. It, it, and, and And now we have the. The sitting president and the quote unquote president elect. No, no, he's credit for it. He's got the office of the president elect all set up. He's already picked out the drapes. (laughs) Everything's good. I wonder where that is. Right. Is the office. Joe's basement. (laughs) Yeah, it might be. Yeah. (laughs) And it's it's not even the full basement. It's just a little, you know, like water closet, you know, where. Uh, God, it's yeah. not even a finished basement. Right. <laughs> right. It's like a lawn. It is like an exercise bike. Yeah. A couple of light bulbs going. just hanging yeah. from uh, from cords. Yeah. that's uh, Yeah. The litter box. The cat's litter box is down there. <laughs> he has dogs, whatever. <laughs> yeah. I mean. The dog's litter box. Yes. Joe's yeah. Joe's litter box. Yeah, right. They <laughs> don't right. let Joe out of the basement. So he needs that. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> oh, poor Joe. So. Uh, under the assumption that not everybody is is necessarily following this uh, as as closely as we might be, um, I actually kind of put together uh, a, a list of all of the actual legitimate complaints that are being pushed through court and and some of the the actual arguments in favor. Because I know that there are currently half of the country right now who. Uh, not, not only don't believe that there was any voter fraud, but they actually have no reason to believe because they're following with the media who are suppressing the story so hard that it may as well never have existed. Um, and I, I tell you what, if, if Trump does uh, succeed at these court cases, these people are not even remotely prepared for the freight train that's about to hit them because the media is not telling them anything. Well, let me just quote Chuck Schumer for you, Ryan. The election is not in doubt. Why? Well, I, I I agree. There there is no <laughs> doubt of fraud whatsoever. There, it yeah, happened. Yeah. Uh, yeah so the anyways, election happened. I, that's there's no doubt about that. Something yes. happened. I agree with him. And, well, I I have no doubt that there was fraud. I, I I mean, from a purely human and statistical perspective, there is fraud every single election, and therefore it can be automatically assumed anybody who tells you there was no fraud is absolutely lying to you every election no matter how pure no matter how honorable has fraud the question in this case is was the fraud enough to change the result right and that is and that's what's being litigated because yes every single election no matter what there is always somebody out there who's like well my wife died two months ago but i know she would have wanted to 
to vote for this person. And that's technically voter fraud. Well, and it happens. The concept, I mean, they everybody on the left went after Trump for you weren't honest with us about COVID. You knew it was worse. Well, isn't that exactly what everybody on the left is doing right now? Because they all know, as you just said, there's always some voter fraud. So to stand up and go, no, there's no fraud. I mean, would it I mean, it would be better. But would that would that cause people to believe in the system less if somebody were to stand up and say, well, you know, every election is some fraud. It's just a question of how much. I mean, it is objectively and provably wrong to say that there is no fraud in any election more than a couple hundred people. Agreed. I mean, if, if you have if you have a couple hundred people and you've got like some big six, six burly bruiser going and saying you'd better be honest, then it, it might be theoretically possible to have a fair election, although the bruiser would have to be not compromised. So maybe not. Uh, but in any any election where there's 160 million people voting, I guarantee there is fraud. There is I, I if you claim there is no fraud, then that doesn't even pass the laugh test. However, like I said, the, the thing that people are going to court over is, was there enough fraud to modify the results? And it, it looks like there's a good chance that there was. So I wanted to start and, and I, I'm going to point out that everything I'm about to say here is is not proven in court because the courts have not worked their way through it. So this is almost entirely arguments and you can go ahead and try to fact check me, but there are not a hell of a lot of facts involved. So I'm just. Um, so we're going to start with Steve Cortez, who is an advisor to the Trump campaign. So, you know, this is biased information, but he is, um, making a statistical case. Uh, the first one is, uh, voter turnout. Um, you said the 66% number DC girl, uh, mm-hmm. was about the turnout across and, and that actually completely agrees with my notes, which says there's about 240 million registered voters in America. And about 160 million votes cast. Uh, so that's two mm-hmm. thirds. Um, so you would expect that the average state would have about 66% voter turnout. Now, this isn't accounting for uh, registrations of fraudulent voters, but um, Wisconsin had 84% voter turnout, apparently, according to the numbers that they gave. Uh, Milwaukee, in particular, had 93%. Um, <laughs> they're all drunk uh, too uh yeah just just for comparison's sake uh australia where uh voting is actually mandatory and you will get a fine if you do not vote in an election mm-hmm. uh they usually average about 92 percent. <laughs> so wisconsin outdid the legal yes yeah the legal uh, threats and uh here's here's a fun one um michigan had uh you know would you like i i I'm going to let you guess. What would you speculate the voter turnout, according to the returns in Michigan, was in Michigan or just in Detroit, Michigan, (laughs) in Michigan? I'm guessing I'm guessing it's high. I'm guessing higher than 66, I guess. Yeah. And in Detroit, I'm guessing it's over 100 percent. But how how, the state was the state over 100 percent. It was (laughs) Uh, the the. okay. so uh, some quick math there. The July 2019 population of Michigan, according to the census, was 9,986,000. The estimated mm-hmm. October 2020 from the World Population Review was 10,045,000. Um, according to the census statistics, 79% of those are over 18, which means there are about 7.9 million people in Michigan who are of voting age. Uh, this does not count 
uh, anybody who is, say, a felon has lost their right to vote or uh, whatever. So you need the VEP, um, the voting eligible population number. You need the VEP number. Yeah, because that counts. Yeah. Up, kicks out all the felons. So yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. So we don't we don't have that. But what we have is there are about seven point nine million people in Michigan who are hu- uh, adult humans of voting age. Um, mm-hmm. And uh, so assuming that they all registered and not a one of them has been disqualified uh, to vote, there's seven point nine million voters. However, according to the state of Michigan Voter Information Center, um, 8.1 million people voted in this latest election. So wait, how many more was that then? 200,000 um, more than the state's voting so age population. There's 5 million overseas voters. In, um, that 5 million people that can vote in the United States that do not reside in a state. Okay. 5 million. But, uh, that's a lot, I think. Don't you think? So I think that's a lot. So they can sprinkle like all lot, around. We have more than a population. But, but of are Chicago. they uh, okay? Are they are they not are they not counted in in numbers? Like if you get shipped uh, overseas for a year, do you, are you removed from the population of your state? I don't know how the state reports the population. It's a good question. You you do I, make I a good know. point. So may, maybe that accounts for it. Not all um, of them, but there certainly is that <laughs> extra five. I, I I have a Google well, Sheets link that shows that. But yeah, there is a yeah. I, I couldn't believe how many uh, overseas voters there are. Okay, you you might yeah. be totally right, and and it. it and so assuming 100% of the people actually yeah. voted, which is statistically so that, I was going to say that that could account right. for the fact that apparently 8.1 million people out of 7.9 million people living there, uh, 200,000 more people voted in this election than the state's voting age population. So assuming that turnout was way over that 66%. Do you have a number? Do you have the number of how many voted were, in the last election by any chance? I, uh, I I don't have that, but uh, it, it's mm-hmm. oh I I don't have that information, but I did see nationwide it was about fifty six percent. It was lower. Yeah, I'm looking at the election project because they have some really good uh, Google Sheets uh, stuff. So, and this oh, yeah, is really what a lot of these lawsuits are dealing with is that they're looking at the historical voting records of areas over the past X amount of elections. And when you see a spike come up that is not like all the other ones, that's cause at least to look at it. Yeah. So it says so the, the 2020 number from the election project says 4.9 million overseas eligible voters um, out of how many total of voters eligible voters are there? 158. No, that's the total number of votes. 158 million. Ah, 239 million is the voting eligible population the voting age population is 257 million but only 239 are eligible yeah i i, I don't assume that that a huge yeah. per number of those have, have been disqualified i mean we have a lot of felons in this country but we still have a lot of people three, yeah total ineligible felons is 3.2 million i was actually surprised that there's more overseas voters than there are felons. Well, I'm, I'm, I'm certain that they all voted <laughs> biden right well that's with yeah. michigan We've watched Michigan. We've talked about Michigan a lot on Grumpy Old Ben's with how pissed off the citizens there are at their governor that uh, he really I don't see the uh, the Biden, you know, the same party getting those votes. But, hey, who am I? (laughs) Yeah, I the the people, the people who are pissed off are not usually the same people as the ones who reelected her. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, so number two from the uh, of the statistical anomalies is that uh, 
Biden did immensely better than Obama and not like a little bit more like like 15 percent, like five million votes more. Right. Yeah. Something like that. And uh, I think this is his weakest point. But you did address this. Uh, Obama is an extremely animated and persuasive speaker. He is uh, he is extremely bright. Uh, He is witty. He is quick on his feet. He's funny. First um, he black is a president. Gr- That's all you and, need. Yes. First black president. And Everybody yes, wanted to take part. Oh, in yes, that. right. I, I forget. And identity politics right. means that he's you know he's not an old white man. Right. He's he's an old. old no, he white wasn't man old the at the skin. time. I mean, he was an actual you know younger uh, yeah. black guy, and there was excitement so, from all sorts of people, including a lot of Republicans. Right. Yes, he was so, hip and he had swagger. Uh, for for all of the and and you know i'm i'm sitting here talking about how he's a great orator and persuasive and and you're right that his identity is probably more important for the kind of people who vote would vote for that but uh biden is a, an ancient white man with visible dementia um cannot string together a sentence uh, uh, spent you know he he trump was getting tens of thousands of people at his rallies in october and september well biden was getting you know hundreds of people at his you know all you needed was some of the pictures where they had one chair in a six-foot circle <laughs> oh and you know and there were maybe 40 chairs in the entire picture and then biden talking to an empty room and and not even all well, the chairs biden were was social distancing before it was popular okay yes yeah. <laughs> yes and, he was and, and I, I guess what i'm saying is obama was one of the most successful campaigns in american history and Mm -hmm. he is he is witty he is persuasive he's funny he's really the kind of guy you want to like biden is none of those things he clearly has dementia he did not bring in any crowds and somehow he got that many more votes than obama ever did now biden had exactly one thing that obama didn't have and it is the gigantic asterisk point at the top of his resume which is not orange and maybe that accounts for most of it maybe but statistically, Obama this is the orange. Most, yeah, I, I that you know of. <laughs> true, um, true. But this is this is probably the weakest statistical argument anyway. But he did better than Obama, and the dude did not campaign. I guess is the point. Well, here's right. the weirdest um, thing about that, though. When it comes down to this, is where stats are really interesting because, as we talked about in Grumpy Old Ben's, the black male and female. He, uh, Trump did better in this election. The Hispanic male and female, Trump did better. So the people that they thought they were turning, you know, they went more to Trump. The only people that went less were the white men, which is just kind of weird. So less for Trump. Oh, interesting. Yeah, that's right. Because I heard suburban white women like voted for Trump more and now we're the enemy. Yeah. Yes, of course. (laughs) Yes. How dare you? White men are finally the heroes. They were the only ones that didn't vote more than they did in 2016 for Trump. Everybody else did. Congrats. You know, how does that work? How do the stats work that more people are voting for Trump in those demographics, but all of a sudden way more people come out for Biden? I, I, what I want to know is, is as a as a white woman, how does it feel to now be on the side of of all of us deplorables? <laughs> yeah, I knew it was coming. It's just a matter of time. It was going to happen. <laughs> yeah. Uh, okay. The next statistical anomaly that uh, that was pointed out is the number of ballots, and and I know I've talked about this one before that were uh, filled in for Biden 
and every other race was blank. Right. Mm. Uh, this is this is unusual in any election, in almost every election, whenever somebody if if, if there are two partisan national races, usually a uh, president and a senator on the ballot, mm-hmm. then those two races will correlate very, very highly um, in in most cases in in 2016, for example, uh, the correlation was something point like point nine eight. Uh, it, it was really freaking high. Um, and in 2020, in all of the non-battleground states, the correlation was still very, very close. In most of the states, the number of votes cast for Trump was very close to like within 2% or 1% of the number of votes cast for the senator, the Republican senator in that same race. And same with the Democrat. Um, but, and, and I'll just pull, uh, I'm going to pick on Georgia now because I'm tired of picking on Michigan and Pennsylvania for a moment. Um, in Georgia, there were out of 2.6 million total votes cast. There were 818 votes that were cast that had Trump marked and no other races filled in. So about a thousand out of 2.6 million. Mm-hmm. Um, Biden had. 96,000 ballots in Georgia that were filled in for Biden and they didn't even bother filling in the Senate race. Well, that's weird. That is really weird. The fact that there were two Senate races. Yeah. The other battleground states, uh, Pennsylvania, Nevada, Arizona, Michigan, Wisconsin, exactly the same thing seems to be happening where there are a ridiculous number of ballots that are marked for Biden and not marked for anybody else. On the Trump side, uh, you know, Trump is is correlating or corresponding to the down ballot races very closely. And on on the Biden side, Biden has tens of thousands more votes than the down ballot races on the same ballots. Hmm. Um, Let's see. The the fourth statistical point brought up by Steve Cortez was the rejected ballot rate. Um, Hmm. The normal rate down. The normal rate of mail-in ballots is about 3%. It's much, much higher for people where it's their first-time ballot. Uh, Apparently, amongst first-time ballots, uh, New York State, back in June, uh, which was the first time that they'd run huge mail-in everybody, um, they rejected 21% of mail-in ballots for being improper, which actually seems really crazy high. But the national... the National average of rejected mail-in ballots for this race was about seven and a half percent, which is uh, more than twice what the normal is. But when everybody mailed out ballots and the you know a ridiculous number of people are the you know mail-in ballot for the first time, that actually seems kind of reasonable. Um, yeah. The uh, let's just pull up. This time I am going to pick on Philadelphia. Uh, the rate of rejected ballots in Philadelphia. Uh, mail-in ballots it's it's lower i'll give you a hint it's lower than the three percent normal yeah it was if i remember what o'reilly talked about it was like 0.2 percent it it, it, no lower 0.03 percent so uh, if three of every ten thousand ballots were thrown out for being marked improperly and it's normally how many uh normally 300 in 10,000 and now so this 100 was times yeah. more than or 100 times more than normal which really i guess means that the people of, Pen- of philadelphia 
are really on the ball and they completely nailed the design of that ballot because almost no one got it wrong. Well, it's where we have the whistleblower saying that uh, they were told to uh, predate the ballots. I was Pennsylvania the one that was telling people that came in because we talked about this in Grumpy Old Ben's, too, because uh, and you do voting all the time by mail in Washington. So you don't have to have somebody that witnesses it and puts their name and address on the ballot to verify that you were the one that filled it out. Other states had this. They were coming in blank or just with a name. And if it was a vote for Biden, the people that were working in the, you know, whatever, you know, in the polls doing the counting were looking up the names and filling in addresses. Yeah. Oops. Mm-hmm. I, um, I mean, there, there are definitely stories out there. There are people who are, you know, signed affidavits, which means uh, I will face criminal charges if I'm lying or if you find out I'm lying. So right. it's a little bit stronger than just an anecdote, although it's still just one person right. saying it, which is why you need uh, more saying, than one. So you need a pattern. Yeah. Um, I mean, uh, if, it, another another fun statistical anomaly uh, is, uh, again, Pennsylvania. Um, there were. Uh, <laughs> Okay, you you want to know who should be running the postal service in this country? <laughs> there were a hundred thousand mail-in ballots in Pennsylvania, which had the same return date as the day they were sent out. Wow. Well, that is that was that just the absentee balloting you were talking about, where you can show up? Or these actually yeah, went through the system? In, yeah, I was going to say, do they do in-person absentee, or do they actually? Yeah, it's. I, because I have, I was I, looking I'm, I'm for not that sure. number to see what the difference was here. Like how many of the absentee ballots were mailed in versus in person, and I, I couldn't find it. I, I'm not sure, but if, yeah. if if you're not impressed by that statistic, you probably won't be impressed by the the eleven thousand which had no sent date, which is technically illegal ballots, <laughs> but they were counted. Um, but you know hmm. what might impress you, and and again, I'm telling you, the postal service is on the fucking ball. Twenty three thousand Pennsylvania ballots that have a return date before they were sent out. Now that is hmm. that's like TARDIS kind of stuff. Yeah, interesting. <laughs> and they, neither rain nor sleet nor dark of night, or, or the or the time continuum will keep us. Yeah. Did yeah. they? Po- I wonder if they put post like pre postaged those envelopes or not. I don't know. I don't know. Uh, maybe I, I, I again. You know the there are a lot of explanations. That's mm-hmm. why these are statistical analysis. Um, the, the question is what is the likelihood of, of, of all of these other possible explanations happening and not only just happening, but happening so many times as to account for the numbers we're seeing it is, is the real yeah. question. And, and my argument is that there are plausible explanations for a lot of this stuff, but the, probability that all of these things happened at the same time that there were uh you know hundreds of thousands of voting glitches where machines screwed up and that there were all kinds of mistakes made in the process and oh coincidentally every single mistake we're finding favors biden right uh, it just again okay let's uh a, a, um have you ever heard of benford's law this is uh, this is one of the terms that's actually hard to look mm-hmm. up now because Facebook and Twitter have started censoring the word Benford because they are afraid of this argument that I'm about to make. Benford's law is a mathematical law um, when applied to countable data sets. So uh, okay. da- any data sets full of numbers that are counts um, and it predicts the first digit 
and also to a lesser extent, the second and third and fourth and so on. But, um, you know, those the it, it predicts what the distribution is of digits in a large data set of counts. Um, now, this law will not apply to things like phone numbers because area codes are assigned and not counted. Right. Um, but it absolutely applies to things like precinct level uh, voting numbers. Mm-hmm. Um, and the reason why this distribution exists is if you think about it, uh, if, if you have, if you have, what, what would the leading, what is the most likely leading digit of any count of anything? Well, the leading, di- the most likely leading digit is always a one because that covers half of the results. If the total count is in the range of zero to 200, say, mm-hmm. um, so it, it, mathematically speaking, you should see uh, about 30% of all counts will have a one as the leading digit. And then, uh, you know, is 16% will have a two as a leading digit and, okay. and so on down the line. And a nine as a leading digit should only occur in about 5% of the counts. Um, I, I can throw some graphs in the show notes. I can't show it to you because we're not a video show, but um, the vote data for most states follows Benford's law. The vote data for most past elections follows Benford's law. The vote data per precinct in battleground states for Biden is all over the map statistically Mm. and has zero correlation. Um, What this means is that there is a very, very, very low chance that the numbers, the precinct numbers in these particular states where where this analysis has been done is there's a very low chance that these were actual natural counts and a much higher chance that these are numbers that somebody poked into a database. And it, it Benford's law is used all the time in all kinds of applications to find fraud for the simple reason that the average person, when they are p- coming up with numbers off the top of their head, will assume that, oh yeah, every digit has about an equal chance. So we'll just pick digits randomly. And that's not how counts work because the ones and the twos are far more up than the eights and nines. Well, and that's how I would believe if there's going to be some kind of chicanery, it would be done after the actual count is done and somebody just changing that end number and believing they can get away with it. I mean, is that the um, concept here or is this yeah. that we're just stuffing the ballot box with it, actual it is, ballots? It, 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 Benford's law in particular is is a statistical tool that can be used to determine if a data set is authentic and it has been used in the past on lots and lots and lots of data sets. And when you decide to apply it to the precinct level data sets, it, it very much indicates that these are, that these numbers have been made up, I guess is the point. And, and I wish I had something real for you there, but like I said, the, the best is watching the graphs, which will be in the, in the show notes. Well, then the um, question will be what will now. So this goes, Trump's bringing this kind of stuff to a court then it's up to a judge to decide so say this was going on in michigan then the judge goes well okay i'll buy this argument and then order that all of these votes be manually recounted is that kind of what they're hoping for well it's not entirely clear what remedy you know trump trump campaign has not asked for a remedy yet uh the only remedy they've asked is that in every state where they filed a lawsuit that the secretary of state be enjoined from uh, certifying the election counts until the lawsuits are complete. Right. Which seems um, reasonable. I mean, the seems fact, reasonable. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, because you're not saying we want to change or do something wrong. I mean, he is, that's the, 
the biggest joke about how the media has covered Trump. I mean, for four years, it's been a joke, but this is even more so because he is just asking for legal remedy. It's like, why not just cover this honestly and say, you know, this is part of the system. He can do this. We don't expect a change, but to cover it in such a way like, oh, he's turning into a dictator and oh, this is an embarrassment. It's like, that's not so. In the places where uh, votes have been identified that are, uh, you know, have evidence of fraudulence, the the easy remedy might be that those votes are thrown out. Uh, there's a couple places where uh, the remedy will be a lot more difficult. Um, like, uh, for example, um, I'll, I'll get to this in a moment, but uh, there's the concept of spoilation of evidence which is uh, effectively uh, it looks like it's happened in this case when uh, the day of the election justice, Supreme court justice Alito ordered Pennsylvania to keep on time ballots from separate from timely ballots. And it looks like the right. vast majority of those have been mixed in together, which is mm-hmm. a concept called spoilation of evidence and one potential remedy uh, by the way, the way spoilation of evidence works is uh, if if evidence has been destroyed so that you can't tell good evidence from bad or that the evidence existed, but now you can't tell whatever the case is, um, the legal precedent in those cases is always to rule or to to rule as if that evidence was treated in the worst possible light against the, the spoiler, which in this case would mean um, if if one, you know. You you might decide that because the evidence was spoilated that uh, all Biden mail in ballots in those precincts where this happened would be thrown out. Now, that would disenfranchise a lot of voters and prove right a lot of the screeching pundits on the left. But that is one of the possibilities. Another uh, nuclear option is the the people are required to re-vote in certain places. Oh, which God. would be scary Have to work for you, DC but, girl. Yeah, but no when, well, when I mean, the ideal case is that perfect records were kept everywhere. Um, in this case, the spoilation happened uh, in in terms of uh, an envelope with a valid voter's name and signature was separated from a ballot with the markings for who they were voting for. And then those envelopes were destroyed. And oh, so the naked, there is no the naked ballot. That's yeah, the whole so, naked absentee ballot thing. Yeah. And and that seems to have happened in a lot of places in Pennsylvania, e- even after the Supreme Court order to keep those ballots separate. It, right. it seems like there are a lot of places where those were mixed in. And therefore, there is no way to determine which mail in ballots are legitimate and which mail in ballots aren't, which means that if the Supreme Court finds that some mail in ballots were illegitimate, then they're going I, I don't know where they're going to go with this. Um, the most likely case, by the way, is that the state, the U.S. Supreme Court is not going to rule a winner. The U.S. Supreme Court is going to say, uh, go back to the legislature and say, you figure this out because this was wrong and you can't use this. Right. And then the legislature can do a number of things and the legislature might decide on a revote. The legislature might decide to count only in person votes. Or the legislature might decide to get together and just decide on their own. Okay, well, we we'll give our electorates to this person. It's not clear what the legislatures are going to do. But um, yeah, uh, election fraud is a big deal. Yeah, 
Yeah, uh, I, 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 I can't, I can't imagine uh, revoting. I feel like the 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 runoff thing in in Georgia is already crazy enough. Oh, you think? Everybody, move to Georgia and oh come out and vote. I heard. Oh my some, god. I heard a, I heard a woman being interviewed. She was a reporter. and I didn't catch her name. I think she was from a station or somewhere in Georgia and she was on the radio here. And she was saying, I think they had had a runoff there before. And I think it was in Georgia, maybe it was someplace else. But she was saying that the amount of money and campaign donations that came in before the runoff, that both sides had to like hire extra people to go to the post office with trucks to get the bags of cash they're being sent in to support the runoff. Like, Why aren't we running for office? Huge run. Yeah, but the runoffs is where you get your money. That's what you want. That's like that's a, that's the money maker, apparently. Well, yeah, because the nation is now looking at this. AOC is saying, "Hey, yeah. we're going to get these two Democrats elected, so we don't even have to think about dealing yep. with those ugly Republicans." Yep. Come hell or high water, they are they are going to get them elected, and it's right. But, <laughs> but nobody believes those people might. When it comes to right. Philadelphia and uh, you know Detroit and the things that are going on there, uh, it's just uh, you know it's hard to yeah. believe. But uh, if the interesting thing when it comes to Pennsylvania is, if you're saying that it seems like the people that are in charge have purposefully messed with evidence, I mean, I'll look at, I mean, I think they could probably come down to it's like, well, then you don't get any electoral votes and. Uh, <laughs> We get nothing. I, I <laughs> get mean nothing. that that is an option. If if the date of the electoral college comes and goes, and Pennsylvania has not certified anything, then they don't cast any votes. And without Pennsylvania, Joe doesn't have two seventy. So then it goes to the House, and Trump yes. wins. In theory, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, let's see. Uh, as long as we're on Pennsylvania, there are also lawsuits uh, accusing various election officials of. Uh, um, you know, there there is the concept of curing a defective ballot. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, apparently, there is accusations that Pennsylvania election officials were selectively choosing only to contact voters to cure ballots if they voted for Democrats. Right. So um, I wonder if they. Yeah, that's interesting, because um, I wonder if they're cure. Well, the most of the issues should be on the outer envelope, right? Whether like was late or wasn't witnessed or wasn't signed properly. So it's like, I feel like they should be curing these before they even open them, but they should be, right? They should be right. (laughs) But then how do they know which ones to contact and which ones not to, I know. Yeah. Yeah. Um, The uh, officials are accused of urging unregistered voters to go ahead and choose a registered name and vote with that name. Wow. Hmm. Um, hmm. this, this is accused according to a lawsuit hmm. by a group called Pennsylvania trust the vote. Um, let's see, uh, Delaware County was, uh, is alleged to have given out ballots, but not required anybody to sign the registration. Um, <laughs> and, uh, they are accused of people sending mail-in ballots and then told to also vote in person as, uh, as instructions for the people on the ground in the in the precincts yeah i think a lot of people thought they could well i think that message got around a lot because they wanted people to try it to see if they could also well now in, see, in the area you know i mean and be like look i could i could vote twice they're gonna let me vote twice fraud you know but i well, yeah. right well for the areas yeah. where they won't even look at the absentee or mail-in before the election of course you can do it well you can't vote if you were issued no. an absentee whether you filled it out or whether you've 
wiped your butt with it or whether you have it in your pocket, if you were issued an absentee ballot, you cannot vote in person unless you bring that absentee ballot in. Okay, so you should be off the rolls. Well, right. Then you have to do that provisional and then they check. But yeah, once it's issued, we can't check you in and give you a ballot. These people should have probably used the old time tested method of getting two votes, which is, is go get yourself a submissive spouse. Yeah. (laughs) You know, (laughs) yeah. So, I mean, you don't Um, even necessarily know if you voted for uh, Jay Inslee in Washington, huh? I I, I have no way of knowing. (laughs) Wait, that is the next level is being able to verify that your vote was counted and counted correctly. Yes. And that should be done at the citizen level. That shouldn't be done at the voting machine or the voting office level. I think every citizen should have a way of verifying their vote somehow. I I, I, would not put that in anybody else's hands. If there's any good thing to come out of this entire clusterfuck going on right now, I hope it's that people are more skeptical of of government agencies when they say just trust us, because there are methods that can and, and procedures that can be put in place to give more transparency to the voting process and more transparency to the vote tabulation process. And, you know, having observers in the room is is a really good method. By the way, the part of the Trump lawsuit is that Republican observers were thrown out of the precinct rooms during counting in a lot of precincts. In <laughs> um, yeah, you know, I, I saw that. We so we had one observer all day. He was with the Virginia Democrats, um, which was kind of weird because it was a, it's a very blue city. So anyway, he was there all day. He was super nice. You know, he watched. He asked some questions. Um, he was a lawyer. I'm not not sure what kind of law he uh, practiced, but. A couple of times when we, you know, made people vote provisionally, he would say, oh, why, you know, why, why do they have to vote provisionally that? But um, I was actually looking at the manual to see what it said about poll watchers, because in the morning I heard that we might get some. So I was just brushing up. And I guess at the end, so, you know, there's the whole, you have to show up and you have to have a note, you have to be somehow, you have to be a registered voter, you have to be somehow approved by some political organization to come and poll watch. And they usually just have a letter and it's fine. It's not really an issue. But it was in the manual, it said that when we're closing down the site and we're counting and we're printing out the statements of results, we can have up to four people observing. And it can be anybody. Passersby can be invited in to watch. <laughs> hey, right? you! Exactly. So, so you know, we're, we're counting down. Or we're getting it at the end of the day. and We're, you know, shutting everything down and we're printing out everything. And I said to the chief, so you, you want me to go, like, grab three people off the street? <laughs> he was like, no, no, no. But you know, we could have had any, and now this is like anybody apparently. So they don't have to be a registered voter. They don't have to be from Virginia. They, they don't have to be representing a party. They can just watch. We didn't have anybody come to do that. I, just this one guy all day. Yeah. That was I, it. I, obviously you weren't in a contested no. precinct. <laughs> no, <laughs> not at all. And like, I'm trying to remember the results. They weren't a blowout for Biden of the people that voted in person. Obviously. Much more so for the mail-in votes, but you know which, yeah, and that's one of the things that they were. I mean, the media was very clear at explaining that to oh, all yes. of us dummies, which are, yeah, well, you, you're going to see all the votes, you know, for the people that actually went to vote. Well, they're they're going to go to Trump. Don't worry, because oh, a majority of the mail-ins go to the Democrats because that's just the way they vote, and it's oh, that 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 that's actually true, especially. A hundred percent of the mail-ins that were printed after the election night and brought into the back of the polling place after they resumed counting right now. But if that is that, I mean, I'm assuming there is statistical 
proof of that, even not covering the fraudulent part. That there for- is there is statistical analysis, as a matter of fact. Uh, the so there is a system called uh, Edison Edison Research, yes, uh, which is which <laughs> is a lot of predictions. Data, <laughs> da, well, they make a lot of predictions, but uh, apparently. I don't know exactly how this works, but that name was put on. Um, There is some kind of data stream, which is given to giant news outlets that is not available to the general public. Um, And they were mentioned there, but um, there is a data set going around, which was somebody ran a script that every 30 seconds would scrape every number they could possibly get out of off of NYT.com on election night. And, the result of this data set is that we have a fairly accurate time series data of exactly how many votes came from which states and went where because New York times was always putting the exact number up to the minute and it was changing all the time. Um, You know, this state has this many votes. This state has this many votes. And the result is that there was uh and I, I first found this thread on uh, 4chan, so I apologize for that. But uh, it has been republished to a number of other places like the Gateway Pundit. Um, the best analysis that I found was, again, uh, this is going to sound biased, but uh, it was at the Donald.win. And uh, you, you're right that the people there are, in fact, biased toward Trump. There's a website. Out, you know, wait, I, could, wait, I tried just... to find an analysis of all of the election fraud. I just want to verify toward Biden. And the only thing I could find from the Biden camp was there is no election fraud. So <laughs> but I just want to verify the website we're going with is the Donald dot win. Yeah, well, that's not the, where it came from. But that's the old Donald subreddit, yeah, right? That, that is it's it's where yeah. the Donald subreddit went after Reddit went full commie and, nice. and yeah. banned them. Um, it, it's actually probably the largest community of online Trump supporters out there that have the ability to say what they want. Um, so if you're looking for something that comes from people who like Trump, then that's actually a really good place to go simply because, uh, I mean, wh- where do you want me to go? Uh, do you want me to get official results from Google, no, Facebook, no. Twitter? Uh, I mean, <laughs> I, I can I can pull you stuff from New York Times, from Washington Post. Are, are any of those going to be more accurate than a site that just exists as a free speech place for Trump supporters. I'm not sure that's true. I, I'm agree. sorry. I've had the argument too many times of people saying, well, your sources are, are from right wing sites and therefore are trust, aren't trustworthy. I'm like, well, yeah, but that's because all the mainstream and left wing sites are censoring everything. But you actually found good analysis at this site as opposed to the mainstream media. Well, the mainstream media is doing no analysis. So, <laughs> <laughs> um, so what the analysis that they actually came up with and and uh, I've seen in different places that this is attributed to the Dominion voting software. And there's certainly a lot of correlation because Dominion voting software is is being used in 20 plus states, including all of the battleground states that are still being recounted or leg- or, or litigated right now. Um, but the analysis was of the quote unquote glitches and it, it's. <laughs> That term is is one of Adam Curry's favorite. It's one of the best ways to trigger him. And uh, the reason is simple, because the moment that you say the word glitch, then a non-technical person will go, oh, it's just software. (laughs) Well, and and Adam, yeah, Yeah. correctly. I I loved the other day when uh, John was like, yeah, this is supposed to be a software explained by a software glitch. And Adam says, "Uh, no, 
this is I've got a better explanation. And he plays the jingle. <coughs> Bullshit. Yeah. <laughs> Which yeah. Was great. It, they, they act like um, in my mind, the way non and I'm not trying to like talk down to non-technical people, but I feel like the media thinks that in the minds of non-technical people, they believe like, oh, well, Somewhere on the computer hard drive, the numbers got stored too close to each other, so the numbers kind of bled into each other, and the votes got mixed up. Yeah, magically. Isn't that how it happens? Yeah, those sectors well, I mean, are like too close. Like, I, I mean, in in so much as the explanation you just offered sounded like pure techno babble, that's exactly what they do. That's what they it, want people to think. <laughs> you you yeah. say you say the word glitch, and it is code for shut off your brain. Something mm-hmm. happened inside of a computer that's unexplainable. Well, here on this show, we are uh, more technical than that, and so um, let's go ahead and and try to analyze the glitches. At least um, I'm not going to give you any proof as to how they happened, but uh, like I said, the Dominion voting software was installed on all of these, and it is not entirely secure especially if your attacker is the person running the machine. Um, but the analysis that was done, and, and again, this is best done in graphs, which will be in the show notes, is uh, of mysterious points during which the official count being brought in on this data feed just mysteriously jumped or changed. You know, it, right. it, you expect... Uh, and mm-hmm. and we we've all seen the the graphic that has the the blue line above the red line or below the red line and then it suddenly jumps up and and that is probably one of the big examples of of one of these glitches uh, but what they discovered was um almost 500,000 votes over the course of the night where an update occurred on the website and mysteriously Biden had a number of votes added to his total, which was precisely exactly equal to the same number of votes, which were subtracted from Trump's total. Yeah. So there, there would be a, a, a 30 second update where Biden gained 3,412 votes and Trump mysteriously lost 3,412 yeah. votes at exactly the same time. Now, and it, it was it was a glitch. Well, but now if this all happened at the same time across multiple areas is the thinking then for those who are saying this was intentionally done, that the nefarious morons put the same bomb into every one of these machines to happen at exactly the same time. Like you wouldn't stagger these things out. Come on. How dumb are they? It's that hammer. What was that thing called? They were talking about no agenda. The hammer. Yeah. And and now now we're we're getting out of the realm of play of. Well, the, the out of the realm of the statistics, which right. are, you know, these are facts and, and are verifiable. And now if we're going to drop into speculation, then it was Hammer and Scorecard were the yes. names of the software, which uh, allegedly were developed by the CIA for doing this precise Iran. thing in somebody else's country. Yeah. Um, I, I, Iran, Syria, Afghanistan. Um, I, I, you know, I said, so wasn't there somewhere in South America they tried to do? I don't I don't remember all the countries, but. The idea being that you install these voting machines and people vote and you just uh, the 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 theory is that the CIA intentionally set these machines up so that you could put your thumb on the scale. And one of the methods that it does is mysteriously switching a number of votes from one candidate to another or manufacturing mysterious votes. Um, For example, the other thing that they discovered in the statistical analysis was um, updates. Uh, and what, the the two types of updates that they really analyzed were 
the update where the number of votes that Biden went up was precisely the same as the number of votes Trump went down. Right. And those account for about 500,000 votes total. Um, And then the other type of updates is the number of updates where Biden's number went up and Trump's number did not change at all. And that accounted for almost three million votes. And if you're just looking at the overall results, you don't see this. But when you have a feed of all of these things coming in real time, then yeah, these it's always show hide. up in the time series analysis because it, it, over the course of, of three hours, uh, it, it it all just seems to average out. But if you get an update every 30 to 60 seconds and an update comes in and Biden got uh, a 450 more votes and Trump got zero. Well, what? You know what, uh, DC girl, you're a poll worker. What is the chance that you're just going to get a rush of yeah. 450 votes all come in and they all just happen to be for one candidate and none for the other? One? I mean, it would, you know, in in uh, in Washington, D.C., for example, <laughs> happens all the time, <laughs> right? Like, no, no, well, I mean, in Washington, D.C., if anybody voted for a Republican, they get thrown out of the uh, the city. So, yeah, would Biden get like 96 percent or something like that? So. <laughs> And then DC did do a large mail-in push. So like me, I don't know, but could you extrapolate that to some but, cities that might but, just but, be so pro Biden? I don't know. I mean, this isn't DC. This is coming right. from, from Wisconsin, from yeah, Michigan, from Philadelphia, place, yeah. from Arizona, We're supposed to be tight, from places yeah. right. that are relatively even. Yeah. yeah, yeah well, that's yeah. what makes no sense. Cause I know when uh, watching the coverage that night, most of the coverage I watched was off of Glenn Beck's the blaze that their stats guy, was looking at these numbers as we were getting close to about midnight here in uh, in Chicago, where he's like, I just don't see how Biden can make these numbers up in places like Pennsylvania. And then by the next morning, and, boom. and they, they literally did make those numbers up. <laughs> yes. Out of nowhere. And between like three and four in the morning, all of a sudden. You know, there's this guy, there's a journalist uh, speaking of stats guys named um, Harry Enton. I don't know if you've ever heard of him, but he's he's a young, younger guy. And he's occasionally on um, CNN. And I don't know if he works for them. I think he was associated with 538. But he is a stat guy. Like, he reminds me of, like, the, the guy, the, the old guy from SportsCenter. The, the stat, the kids they used to call stat guy. Um, stat boy or whatever. Anyway, he's very, very good <laughs> how, how would you like to have that nickname, know, by right? the way? Hey, you have, a math, uh, you have a math degree, so you're, was, you're our stat guy. Yeah, yeah. Well, stat stat guy from Sports Center, he would like be on on at the end of the show, and he'd be like, "Let me correct you guys for all the things you said wrong," and he like pull out all these stats. So anyway, this guy oh, he's one of those guys. Yeah, that sounds very Bemrose. Yeah. (laughs) So he 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 was a young guy, and he just I don't know, like he started doing this, I guess, and they they liked them, so they brought him on the show. So anyway, Harry Enton is a a young younger reporter, and he's very very into stats, and the I like him, I find him sort of interesting. So the morning after the election, I'm like. Why is Harry Enton not all over my television? Like this, this is his thing. And it wasn't until about two or three days ago, I happened to be flipping through in CNN and I saw him on and the person interviewing him said, oh, great to see you the first time since the election. And I'm like, why haven't they had their stat guy on all of these days? <laughs> it's very, very surprised. You know what I mean? Like I was very surprised they basically hadn't had that, him on. Because because you, you uh, don't bring in a stat guy right. if, if you're, if your goal is is don't look too closely, just yep. assume that that our guy won. Yeah. 
So it's very yeah. odd. It, it's really odd. And he's also his uncle's Neil Sedaka. It's kind of a random thing anyway. Um, oh, but, entertainer yeah. extraordinary. Yeah, right? Isn't that weird? Yeah. So, um, but yeah, it, they, they just kind of like squashed their stat guy. I don't know. There's <laughs> so, a reason. Yeah. Uh, some stats on which states uh, had the most uh, quote unquote glitches in their dominion system. <laughs> um, oh, Michigan, the, uh, Wisconsin, Pennsylvania. Pennsylvania is by far the first uh, 220,000 votes mysteriously switched from Trump to Biden. That right there is enough to make up the difference in the election. And then some, um, how but did they also, know, but how did they know? Like, and how did they switch them back? Like, that's weird. I, I, there was a glitch. Oh, but they, they, I don't know that they do other than, <laughs> right. I mean, how do you switch them back? You have to revote or the, something. I don't well, know. The original numbers were wrong, obviously, but we fixed oh, them. Geez. Yeah. That's you. you I mean, you, sure. you, you can't, if you can't trust the machines, the election was done on, I don't know how there's any way to trust the election. Right. Yeah. Um, Pennsylvania also had almost a million, 941,000 mysterious votes that appeared out of nowhere. Wow. Uh, almost a million. Um, let's wow. see. Some other big ones. Uh, New Jersey had 80,000 switched votes. Florida had 21,000 switched votes. Uh, Michigan had 20,000 switches and 20,000 lost votes. Uh, New York, 623,000 lost votes. Uh, Virginia, 789,000 lost votes. Huh. And uh, every one of these glitches you're telling me benefited Biden and never yes, Trump. every every glitch that is called out on this. Now, now I, I don't have any data as to whether or not there are equal glitches. Uh, which favored Trump. And I, I doubt that there are as many. I think that there would be more evidence of it if there were that many. But at the same time, if there's this many in one direction and there are this many in the other direction, I still don't fucking trust that election. Well, no, yeah. and you can't trust uh, the, the firmware in these machines. Illinois, 54,000 ghost votes. Um, well, we have a lot of ghosts votes. in Illinois. I mean, uh, to yeah, be fair. Well, whatever, whatever they're called. Um, here's here's an interesting thing. Um, way down at the very bottom of the list of states that use a Dominion system. I don't know why they say Dominion system at all. Washington, it says zero and zero switched and lost votes. So the Washington um, state well, Washington has that. no vote in person, so I don't know exactly how they're doing that analysis, but they, yeah. they scan them um, after you mail them in. And was it that not maybe counting that might be I, that, that might be it. Jeez. But they um, Washington had no voting anomaly. How did they have- in, well, no anomalies were detected yeah. in the time series data. That's that's what this analysis is. So you did yeah. this perfectly. Looking, Congratulations, Washington. They are yeah, looking for time series updates where in which there were no anomalies or no no points where where one candidate went up and the other had zero and you know no change or where one candidate went up and the other one went down. That's the anomalies they're looking for. Um, Nevada, Alaska, Washington, Hawaii, and D.C. are the only places where they hadn't found zero. Hmm. Well, like I said, everybody in D.C. voted Biden, so it's, you know. Yeah. <laughs> there's only one box to I, check. Well, I, I don't think it's even an anomaly if, if Biden don't even get the votes chance. go up nice. and yeah. Trump votes don't in D.C. Yeah. <laughs> so anyways, um, the there is a very strong statistical case that uh, there was massive, massive voter fraud or not a voter fraud, election fraud in this election. Voter fraud is where somebody votes somebody else's ballot. And there's a whole lot of local cases going on where that seems to have happened on at scale as well. But the the big cases that that point to a stolen election are election fraud, where election officials 
were doing shenanigans with the purpose of changing the outcome of the election. And all, like I started this with, um, almost all of this evidence is circumstantial. Uh, the, any statistical analysis is going to be, um, but when you total it all up, the statistical probability that you, if you allow for all of these things happened and just through pure random chance, they all happened legitimately. And Biden won the election is, uh, something on the order of what, what was the number they calculated? Um, one in 10 to the 23rd. <laughs> Um, that by the way, uh, is, uh, around the same magnitude as winning the national Powerball 10 days in a row. Oh, so it's, it's not likely you're saying it's not, uh, or every person in a city being struck by lightning at the same time. That's also Again, not could likely. Happen DC. Totally could happen. Involved maybe. <laughs> yeah. That, that wouldn't be random. That would be a targeted, targeted, yeah. targeted attack. So, uh-huh. so whenever somebody comes back and says, well, it's just statistical, it could have happened. Well, yeah, it, it could. And at the same time I could win Powerball 10 days in a row. Good luck. But <laughs> I would not bet on it, but then you would right. actually have enough money to become the president. Yeah, or sway the results the way he wanted. Do you think after doing this show that I have a chance in hell of getting a single vote anywhere? No, but if you win the Powerball ten days in a row, you could sure buy a lot. Yes, I mean, you could. Bloomberg you could buy got a lot. it wrong. Yeah. Bloomberg should have just bought people's votes instead of spending all that money on this, his campaign. Yeah, but much been way more effective. Much more straight. Much more straightforward. It seems like what the end result was anyway. Yeah. So there's that, but yeah, the statistical anomalies that you're talking about. I would think at the very least, the courts would say, go count those ballots by hand. Yeah, I mean, yeah. (laughs) I mean, that that might be the way if if those pages still exist, then then that might be a way around the the Dominion issues, because the Dominion was just modifying numbers in a database. And if you count everything by hand, yeah, maybe you get a better result. And if that is the truth, and if as long as you said the original evidence is still there, you don't even have to do this widespread. You pick the two areas or three areas that were the worst. And if they come back with different results, then you look everywhere. Um, uh, There is one other thing I would say is vote by hand. Yes. But you also because I don't trust the people doing the voting in these places anymore. You need to let in all observers. Yes. Oh, yeah. I mean, this, this. this has to be a web stream where I was going to say they could you could just live stream it. Yeah, well you put yeah. a, you put a camera like they used to do with those oh, I'm old sorry, machines. We had a glitch. Right. The, the stream went out for 7 minutes. Uh-huh. Well, yeah, You that's... could put a GoPro on my head, watch <laughs> me work all day and <laughs> but, I mean, you, remember the like the overhead projectors they had when we were in school? Same type of thing. Just put a camera yes. directly above the table. Yep. The person that's counting them has to put them right under the camera to show so everybody can see. And that person should have their own feed so that everybody's not in the same room. And that person should just say Biden or Trump. And you can see if that's what's on the machine. And you could have a, a nice audit from everybody watching. Yeah. Uh, Doc, yeah. Document cameras. Yeah. And, and, and in a lot of, cl- in a lot of cases, especially the, the statistical number counting glitches, um, I, I think that the recount is probably the right remedy. Um, I am really worried for, certain places where uh the the ballots have been despoiled 
Yes. Uh, and, yeah. uh, you know, if especially if the Supreme Court comes back and says, we're sorry, but uh, no ballot accepted after, you know, such and such cutoff time is allowed and they've mixed them all together um, is ultimately there's there's no solution to that. Uh, but to, quote unquote, disenfranchise a lot of voters, which is going to make lots of people really angry, no yeah. matter which way it goes. Yeah. Throw them all out is the only answer that you can get at that point. And they can blame the people in charge. But we know that's not how the media is going to play it. The media is already going to play it as, well, you're you're racist because, you know, of course, it's the black or yeah. brown people yeah. who were too dumb. Yeah, to they'll fill definitely out. bring race into this. Right. That's yep. um, th- yeah. Just because they didn't put an address. Oh, I mean, how yeah, you're disenfranchising them. It's like, but no, the laws are the laws. The rules are the rules. The, these stupid states are the ones that set up the rules and the laws. So why don't they want to follow them? And they made it a lot easier for, you know, removing the witness and all that stuff. They really accepting naked ballots if they did. I don't know. But they seem to have um, made it easier in a lot of places. Yes. Some more than others. I don't know what Pennsylvania had to do, but I obviously that is the biggest one. That is the most electoral votes out of any of these states that are under under question. Although, you know, if, if both Michigan and Wisconsin would go to Trump, then Philadelphia and Pennsylvania are a lot less, um, you know, a lot less needed. But it sounds like Pennsylvania is going to be the easiest to prove that there were bad things happening. And I do think that is a big first domino, because if that goes down and even if those votes they decide don't go to anybody, those votes going to nobody are just as good as giving them to Trump. Well, the the wheels of justice grind very slowly. So at this point, the only thing that you can do is is have patience and ignore the screeches of all of the people on TV saying that, you know, Trump should give up or or just call it or we need a president. Right. It's like, just, why? Why should Trump give up? The process needs to go. What, what, well, first of all, be- Trump is still president until January. Right. We're not running out of we, we don't we're not missing a president before then. The the one thing I would say is that Joe Biden and Kamala Harris should be starting to be read in on things. That's the only thing that should change because they're yes. one. You have a senator and an ex vice president. I'm sure their security clearance is good for most everything. So yeah, start I, reading I heard, them in. I heard a podcast this last Wednesday of somebody screeching about Biden violating the Logan Act, which is just as stupid an argument now as it was when I they agree. were tell, accusing Flynn of doing it. Right. But if you're pointing out that you said it about one group, then. That was my point. Not that it was a big deal that these people were doing. It's it. not illegal. It's hypocritical, but not illegal. Exactly. Exactly. The hypocrisy is real. Yeah. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> I, I saw some Instagram posts about um, from from like younger millennials uh, saying that if you have a problem with Biden because of his age, you're ageist. What? Wow. And I was like. <laughs> Oh, but you you weren't like colorist when you were calling yeah, okay, Trump boomer. orange, or right. you like? No, he's really fucking old. I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah. What what, what happened? What happened to the generation of OK Boomer? Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. And the boomer <laughs> remover and everything. And now they're just like, yeah. we love him. He's the best. Don't make fun of him. Well, yeah. And there's there's a big. You know, it's not really even an age thing. It's just depending on yeah. how you age more than anything well, else it, because uh, of. Of all of the things that I find distasteful about Joe Biden, his age is number 371 on the list. Yeah, really? Yeah, I mean, it's the only thing that kind of makes you like him, that it's like, I think they're taking advantage of this guy. Maybe he was a dick his whole life, but at this point, I don't think he has the capacity to know what's going on a lot of the time 
Because that's it's the same people that insist that the only reason you could have not liked Hillary is because she's a woman. Right. Or the fact that you couldn't <laughs> if you didn't like Obama, you were a racist. And that was yeah, it's just it's the same people who say that every decision in your life you've ever made was because of your inherent racism. I mean, at some point, and your the, these are not logic. <laughs> Right. It's not logical. Well, that was what they used when Obama actually won and people started disagreeing with his plans for things like Obamacare. Well, they're just racist. It's like, well, I don't I don't get it. I don't understand. Then nothing will ever get done outside of the guise of race. But it's the left that wants to keep bringing race in, bringing affirmative action back. And, you know, these just really, really woke people over at CBS who want to make sure that half the people they have on the screen are minorities. It's like, well, I don't understand how not picking the right person for the job, the most qualified person for a job. But this again, we have Kamala Harris, who was only picked because of her ethnicity and her uh, gender. Right. Only reason. Yeah, because he needed to. He needed that. (laughs) Yeah. And Joe's learning already. You know, Black Lives Matter wants to meet with them. They are not going to say, Mr. President elect, we want to work with you. It's going to be Mr. President elect. Here's what you're going to do. Yeah. Holy high. Ah, I, I just looked at the time. Um, this is officially the longest grumpy old Ben's ever. Well, well, I blame DC girl. Sorry. Obviously <laughs> um, for bringing all the information and doing yes. all the hard work. Which- I, I, I blame, I blame Donald Trump and Joe Biden for making an election. <laughs> so interesting. Yeah, really? We had to talk about this long. Yeah, it is. And it's been the only one in our lifetime that's been this interesting. I mean, okay, maybe the, maybe the hanging chads, but that was more. I, the Bush v. Gore went on a lot longer than this yeah. one has so far, but I have confidence this one is, it, we're definitely going to be into December before we see any courts ruling on stuff. Yes. And it wasn't cheating in Bush v. Gore. I mean, that was all just a very badly designed ballot with the oh, punch yeah. cards where it was like well if it was kind of punched but not fully through was this does this count as a vote well what if what if one is partially for gore but then it's fully for bush there was so much that i understand why this you know you would think the technology would have gotten better and it has you're not hearing a lot of votes like well they accidentally kind of shaded in for uh, for trump but then voted for biden i mean we're not hearing that now it's just well, that's full the issue out. with the hand count yeah the, yeah the machine yeah. the scanning yeah. machine is supposed to avoid that when you hate when you hand recount <laughs> then it's like oh did they meet that's another issue with write-ins that is an um, excellent with point we, with weird uh, names too yeah mm-hmm. yeah you're saying that you haven't seen those issues that's because the hand recounts haven't started yes. it yes. will happen you it will suddenly become a huge thing and mm-hmm. we will be talking about them without a doubt here on grumpy old ben's probably ad nauseum is there anything else for this that we need to talk about or can i thank our experts oh, i have a oh, ton of tech stories wanted, in my notes <laughs> one more thing i wanted to add I, I was i was starting i was trying to start a campaign to get people to feed poll workers on election day <laughs> I, had, Ooh, I, was just, to, <laughs> I was trying to kick like get something off the ground like pizza for poll workers and edibles Right, yeah, anything really. And um, actually, you know, we got fed this year by a local restaurant group, which was really, really nice. Um, it's two people um, who are known in the in the city for o- owning like four or five restaurants. Um, they actually 
did ask that I pose in a promo photo <laughs> of, nice. them handing, <laughs> of them handing well, me the food. They asked somebody to come outside and they, we did you, like a you social were, distance photo. Yeah. You were no doubt by far the best looking election worker in the room. <laughs> oh, thanks. Yes. That's why they, that's why they picked me to come out. Um, but yeah, they, they did bring us food. Uh, McDonald's came over for some reason and brought us pastries that they're starting to sell soon and gave us coupons for free food. So it was very nice to be appreciated. This is probably the the first year and also the the group of people we had working with us was the youngest by far when i when i started working as an election official is because in 2016 or before 2016 i went to vote and i was like everybody that's working this polls here is like 80 years old and i'm embarrassed for my generation and you know well, there's like, like none of us here they're the ones that don't have jobs though the right. 80 year olds you know that's that's a different thing and you know the I only know, way it's but... better to have the younger people doing this is if they actually understand that the process and mm-hmm. maintaining the integrity of it is important not we hate the one guy running right. and we're going to do whatever we can to make sure he doesn't get reelected that's that's the big difference. I don't know if the, the current generation overall, you know, hopefully the people working the polls do, but I don't know if the current generation yeah. overall understands that the system and the integrity of the voting process should be paramount over any candidate or party. It's a participatory government. We had to participate. So, you know, that's so I was really happy to see uh, we only had two older people and 12 younger people. I don't mean super young, but I mean younger than I've seen ever in the past. So that was and they said they had a good time and they said they would like to come back and work again. And, you know, so that was that was good. They want to learn how these voting machines work. Yeah, they want to rig them. <laughs> we all yeah. do. That is important. Right. Is yes. the, the important useful knowledge to pass down to the next generation. Yep. And yes, feed a poll worker. Say thank yes. you when people yes. are doing things. I feel like and- I missed out on so much by being in a place where there are no poll workers. Yeah, it's I, well, exciting. I, would, I would like to know. I mean, with, with the uh, state of uh, how many states besides Washington have always been 100 percent male in it? I think it's kind of a, a rarity now or something. You know, well, and I, I mean, I, yeah, when, when I was younger, my first several elections, I went into a polling place, so it hasn't always been. But well, I'd be curious to know the overall stats on fraud and stuff like that, mm-hmm. as opposed once they went fully mail in, whether you get a better handle on it because of it's, uh, you know, what everybody is doing or, you know, again, if it leads to more shenanigans, which I would think it would, but I don't have the data to back that up. I mean, we know you didn't even see your ballot, so your cat probably filled it out and sent it back in. Um, I mean, do the I, cats? I, I have. Do they get ballots? The cats or no? Uh, they don't get their own. What they get, it they get to play with ours. Yeah, you know, every actually, now and then, I actually had it because we we got it about two weeks before the election, and I had it sitting for about a week on my desk. And there was one point when my cat would ran across the desk and kicked the thing onto the floor, and then saw something move on the floor and went to start like, you know, doing the the dig the claws into it yes. and try to dig your head underneath it. The thing that cats do. And I'm like, no, you're going to shred that thing <laughs> here. Here's a different sheet of paper. Take that. It's a bill. Nobody cares about that. Did, yeah. did, is my cat shredded my ballot? Is that a valid excuse to get another one or probably uh, I'm sure somebody's tried it. I bet you could get a, I bet you could get a provisional ballot out of it. Well, yeah, I always, exactly. en- I always enjoy when we get random mail, um, every now and then, you know, if you're filling something out and you don't want to use your real name and I've been known to make up names and for just signing up for weird stuff. 
and then mail actual physical mail shows up at the house under those names it's like yeah uh, this, this whole system scares me somebody sold the list uh-huh. yeah, i hate that yep somebody sold the list and that's how dogs end up getting ballots and uh, you know i thought that was really interesting because um of the the, the software implications that, that dog uh, voting story the dog became a person when the person went to college and the dog was a registered service animal so the school the university gave the dog a person record on campus uh, in their system to keep track of the dog because the dog was allowed to be there as a service animal so it was the university that converted the dog to a human that's her story and then 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 the dog somehow got registered to vote which i don't that's why I don't believe her story. We have the social security I, number matching the dog the ID. Dark, are yeah. are you yeah. suggesting that there's stupid things that universities do that you don't think are plausible? I don't think the university I should introduce just hands you to over some. <laughs> no, I just don't think that the university hands over their registration information to register all these people to vote. They don't all live in this senior state. Uh, why would they? You, you oh, don't? yeah. Well, that is another big question. Well, well it's not. I mean, the university. No, there's purple laws and there's sunshine. I mean, they can't. They can't just turn well, over. Well, if they're university age, then they're over, usually over eighteen, which means FERPA doesn't usually apply. Yeah, but they're not um, a citizen, and they're. I, I mean, they, could, they may not be a citizen. I mean, why would you just hand that all over? That just seems weird. I mean, I don't. I don't count on the university per se doing that so much as as some activist group at the university uh, like, uh, getting getting the the roles of people which. I'm sure there are any number of ways that they can get the list of data. It's not, you know, names and addresses and yeah. not exactly super private. And then saying, well, we need to make sure that we get more people to vote for our cause. And we know that everybody at the university is on the same side as us. So let's just register them all to vote in case they forgot. And I would not put that past some activist group at a university at all. Yeah, I just didn't know if you could. Can you register people in mass from a list just seems kind of like apparently you can manufacture (laughs) apparently you can (laughs) manufacture empty votes out of nothing so you know and then yeah yeah, if they're if you're like you said you got a new york ballot and what would be the chances that that would be caught because it's only one ballot would be coming in for you so are they looking at the data from other states and be like well wait this person exists here too i mean technically you could get a ballot from all 50 states and boom yeah, so, I mean, you know, allegedly uh, when you register, when you register, there's a field that you're supposed to fill out to say where you were registered before. But I don't think it's yeah. mandatory. You, I when, don't know if they check. When, when, when signing the outside of the envelope on my mail-in ballot, uh, one of the clauses in the affidavit that I have to agree to by signing is that I am not voting in any other state or oh. precinct other than the one for which this ballot is. Oh, which means uh, that I'm, I'm you know, if yeah. I if I sign that ballot, which you do, you know, the ballot has to have a signature or it's thrown out. Um, I am attesting that I'm not voting in any other state or precinct. Hmm. I, I, I don't I, I would have thought that that would be a normal part of voting everywhere, except right. that if we don't even expect ID, then then a signature is probably out the window. But yeah. And the, we, yeah. here in Illinois, they don't ask for ID. So I'm kind of surprised there are places that do. Yeah, that's um interesting. We just walk in, give them a name, and I mean it's it's it. Well, I mean, granted, I was right in line behind my wife, but you know, otherwise they're like your name, and I'm like, oh, Darren O'Neill, and they're like, oh, and they give me my street, you know, the name of the street, and I'm like, yep, and they're like, okay, sign here. It wasn't even like give me your address. It was just 
Oh, are you at this? Oh, yep. Okay, that's the address. Fine. Hmm. There. I mean, again, it's a small little voting yeah. area, and maybe that's why uh, things are a little more lax as as opposed to if you know the South Side of Chicago or something. Yeah. But I tell you, this stuff is only going to get to be more fun. The we should thank some experts. We have to thank the experts because without the experts, we can't continue fighting the good fight to make sure everybody knows if the elections are valid or invalid or if they're I mean, this, I mean, really, if you have a guy like Trump, would you want him to give up? You know, hey, go through every legal battle you can. And it's not whether he's going to win or not. I mean, even if this is here, the presidency is given to Joe Biden. But let's go through this whole process. And if you find out it was a stolen election, then fix that stuff moving I, forward. I was going to say, if if he lost in a fair election, then, yes, I do expect him to give up. And I oh, yeah. would want him to. Well, that was the point. But we do have some experts to thank. Number one on the list. We've seen him a few times. Sir Lee Mofo. And he so he seems like a really nice guy for a guy that goes by Sir Lee Mofo. But uh he comes in at 3141. Uh, like I would call myself. Yeah, it does. 3141. He says a small slice of pie to say thanks for the infotainment. Uh, so, uh, I mean, I guess you you bring the info and I bring the entertainment, I guess. It's, it's, um, I mean, I, I unless I can con you into bringing both. Right. <laughs> so you do. And that's that's why we had DC girl today. She brought the information and the entertainment and we barely had to talk. <laughs> the uh, next on the list, Keith Von Dyke who is a monthly donor. We appreciate that. And our buddy Brad Hall comes in as well. And if you want to take part in this little value for value thing, we do go to grumpyoldbens.com and click the donate button. Use the QR code for Bitcoin. Use the snail mail address if you want to send in something that way. And you can get all the information you need at the grumpyoldbens.com information super center. I mean, it's not as good as the Donald.win, but we're moving up. Grumpy old Ben's dot win. Right. See, that's what we need. <laughs> Better we need, register it quick. <laughs> we need to get Bemrose running. I told you, I think we Bemrose should run for governor in the oh, yes. when's the next Five. race, governor? Is that six years? Four. Four. Okay. So you have four years to prepare. So the next I, presidential I, election will be the next I, time. I don't know if I can stomach being in this left coast state that much longer. Oh, you think you're getting out? I well, I don't know. I got a, a random text message out of the blue the other day said, are you interested in selling your house? We buy houses. No questions asked. <laughs> and I, I didn't want to respond because that's always a terrible idea. But the first response that came to mind was, yeah, sure. $750,000 as is. Yeah, there's there's my point. And then uh, you can just move. Uh, just central is really all you need to go. I mean, there's. You look at the maps of the country and uh, I don't know. You know, I keep looking at the maps thinking, okay, where, where is there no crazy? <laughs> and I, it's not on this planet. No, <laughs> no not on the map. <laughs> no, it is not on any map. You'll find it. I need, maps. I need some new maps. Sir Matthew, get on that. Yeah. Yes. Sir Matthew, he's in the troll room right now. Oh, Hey, we need, we need more Sir Matthew. And we, we need w- more maps with Matt. I know we've been waiting forever. It seems. He picked the wrong topic. That's what I said for his podcast. He picked a topic that every show needed research and preparation. And why would you <laughs> want to do that to yourself? I don't understand. It's way too much work. Do something. I should shout out Smashcast speaking of podcasts. So. Oh, yeah. I mean, you guys are on a different oh. release schedule, too. It's like one a month or so. <laughs> yeah. We're, we're, I, it, yeah. 
Yeah, it's been one a month. I, I would like you to know that I know that the only reason I was invited back to Grumpy Old Ben's is because I numbered my Smashcast episodes. <laughs> hey, I don't care about that. <laughs> and I want to say that I my initial confusion was that when I was putting in the information to basically to build the RSS feed, it asks you for an episode number, but I started to realize well, that's just so it knows to put what, or, what order, you know, not, it doesn't actually. Well, no, there, there actually is, there is a field. Um, yeah. It's, it's part of the iTunes space, but there's yeah. a field in the RSS called episode number, yes. which is, is one of the, one of the indicators that I makes it a whole lot easier to parse uh, when I'm preparing for the stream. Now, the interesting thing is uh, one particular podcast, which uses episode numbers all the time, but doesn't fill out that field in the RSS. And I'm going to point fingers at you because 1,294 episodes in, you <laughs> might have won. <laughs> but you're not naming the show, of course. I'm not naming the show. I'm only pointing out that they, they number their episodes. Well, and Adam don't fill is- out the episode number field. Adam Curry is making big changes to yes. what can be done in the RSS feeds. Well, that's why I have I have in my notes. In well, podcasting 2.0, will that expose that that number to the apps? Because I feel like none of the apps display I, that. I thought they would. I, I well, the problem is that it's an iTunes only field and considered uh-huh. optional by most people, most podcasters. And there are some podcasters out there who honestly don't number their apps. And the yeah. the publication date is supposed to be good enough for that. But a lot of podcasts, I would say most of them number the episodes, but they don't put that in the RSS. And the only recommendation that I've made on on the at podcastindex.social was a recommendation that they codify the episode number as yes. part of their new schema. Yes. But but the response I got was, eh, you know, it doesn't look like it's that critical. Maybe we'll do it in, in version two or three. Okay. I was going to make that enhancement request too, but I guess I won't put it in now. <laughs> no, go, oh, go ahead. ahead. Demand it. Please. Demand yes. it. I mean, well, I've noticed they have even the season thing, which is, yeah, uh, it depends. That's also what, part of the feed. Yeah. It depends what software but, you're using for but, the RSS. Yeah. I mean, the, the software I use to parse out because we, we have a very custom format mm-hmm. for our titles. You know, every podcast has whatever string they want as their title. And we have a custom format for the announcements on the no agenda stream. And it's common across all of them. And for that, I need your episode title and your episode number. But unfortunately, the only field in the RSS is the the title string field, which usually has, you know, something like, quote, episode 109 colon, you know, random thoughts 109 colon. And then uh, it'll have the uh. and, and I have to run a custom regex per RSS feed. In order that. to parse that out to get an episode number and the episode name. Well, yeah, get everything in the does same a form. number and a call. Yeah, MoFax is a number and a colon. I just did a number with no colon. Yeah. Huh. Every every single one is different yeah. because there's no format. And if if there was a way to convince people that maybe the episode number field, like just Fill it out if you use episode numbers, and I will use that. And actually, the the, the software I wrote to do this. If there's an episode number field, I'll do that. Otherwise, I have to run a regex. And yeah. the result okay. is, by the way, if if somebody mm-hmm. screws up when they enter that string, if they say episode without the E or uh, something on it. Or, oh, right. Uh, there goes your regex. It, it, yeah. it or- breaks my regex. And what happens is your episode doesn't go on the stream because the parser could not find a number or a name and just assumed mm. that you didn't put up a valid episode. 
Interesting. And and okay. sometimes I go to the RSS feed and check, but there are 36 RSS feeds that that I might that I have to check every single time that I go update the stream and I don't right. go to all of them manually anymore. So I would really like if if that was structured data, but apparently it's not that important to the podcast index. Yeah, see I think yeah, I I I I'll 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 message him too. I, I would like to see that. Um because I'm all about like data consistency, and I felt like putting the number in the title, I was like, oh, freeform yeah. text scares me. You know what I mean? Because like some people do EP period number yeah. dollar sign or everybody sign has a different yeah. format. Yeah, and 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 iTunes recognized this problem early on, which is why there's right. the iTunes episode, which is supposed to just be a number, and the iTunes title, which is just supposed to be the name of your episode. Okay. But, yeah, and yeah, and there's a topic field uh, too, which I noticed. Uh, yeah, I it's all anyway. getting added. It's beautiful. It's some things yes. are getting you know, at least now being able to add things like the transcriptions and, and all of that. And uh, visualizations promo. will be great to be able to pop up images on your um, podcast app as you're talking about them. You mean like Ryan in his chair, like the graphs and charts? Oh my god! Yeah. Yeah. No, in his robe. No, with a nobody cat. wants to see my <laughs> pussy that. during the show. The uh, Progo says you need to join a librarian support group, though, Ryan. So <laughs> probably. I, I mean, you can I find- know I don't have it. Work. Don't don't take and don't take my random whining as <laughs> as some indication that I don't like that. I'm I'm a huge fan of what they're doing over on Podcast 2.0, and and I'm definitely yeah, following it closely. You know, the funny thing is, uh, I I know that Adam is not listening to this show because he and Dave Jones record their Podcast 2.0 podcast on friday mornings at exactly the same time as we do this yeah but they were over like an hour and a half ago so they I, can be yeah, oh, I'm, they're totally it's not it friday it's <laughs> it's not even friday morning on the left coast anymore no, no and, and we're just learning from no agenda as you have more stuff to talk about just go yes. longer yes. yes alert the affiliates alert the affiliates <laughs> we're going we have, long. yes extra 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 content all value provided to you the producer and you send value back in any way you can I mean, and if you have something interesting to say, let us know, like DC Girl. You could be on the show, um, but you probably won't be as entertaining. So just be aware of that, you know, Cold Acid, whoever. Oh, wait, we had him on. We had Cold Acid on. No, he was good. We've talked to almost everybody, I think, that has a show on the No Agenda stream. They've been on Grumpy Old Ben's, and we appreciate the different viewpoints that everybody brings. And people should check out Smashcast. Sometimes yes. they're, they're more suitable Smashcast, for work than you- others. Yeah. Um, yeah, don't listen at work. Check it out where you get podcasts. Our next episode is going to be Q and A with us about us about anything. So we're going to start. Everybody's working at home. You, yeah, everybody's working at home. Totally listen to Smashcast at work you now. Know, I said to Progo earlier that podcasting is the most fun you can have naked without getting caught. <laughs> so Je- Jeffrey Tubin, um, Jeffrey Tubin, listen. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I, I would say, you know, take your relationship advice from DC girl. Bishop is questionable. I mean, take yeah. it. I mean, I mean, you're the expert here, so I, I have right, no yeah. reason to doubt. <laughs> All right. Everybody check out Smashcast. And with that, we will gleefully bring this episode to a halt. But thank you, DC girl, for joining us. Thanks for the information. Thanks yes, for having me back. You. It was really fun. I really enjoyed it. And thanks for it was I mean, good information. Yeah, it was yeah, really great. Good what, discussion. Yeah. Was it more yeah. painful or less than sitting at the poll all day long? <laughs> I mean. Um, well, it was okay. I have some coffee, did, so it's okay. <laughs> did it 
feel like you've just been on a six, 16 hours of grumpy old Ben's? Yeah. Kind of. Yeah, we're, I think I think looking at the comments on Naz, I think a lot of people feel like they just sat through 16 hours. <laughs> but do they learn bed. something? Is, is, is yeah. comic strip blogger like, oh, you're talking too long now. Go uh, away. Yeah, I, I will wait for his feedback. I'm sure I'll get feedback. So that'll be good. It is bedtime in you. <laughs> oh, in Euro trash land. Yes. Yes. And thanks to everybody for listening, especially the ones that come along live over at noagendastream.com. We'll be back on Monday to do this thing. All over again with Mark Void Zero Van Dyke. So maybe we'll go four hours. We never know. But oh my God, no. With that, my bladder cannot take it. With that said, <laughs> I am Darren O'Neill coming to you live from a bunker deep in the heart of Middle America, just outside of Chirac, where we've been professionals at voter fraud since 1960. And from America's left coast, this is Agent of Suppression Ryan Bemrose signing off. <laughs> <laughs>